0: This is Rob, and this is another special, well, I wouldn't even say a special episode. It's a backup episode. It's, from, a,
1: it's a makeup episode.
0: Yeah, yeah um, of the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods. So we're just going to say this is episode five, um, and the kind of replacement of it. Uh, unfortunately, last week when we were working on the new episode, we uh, tested our Skype grounds and brought in uh, Amanda, one of our other writers, and uh, unfortunately, we had some audio corruption problems. So unfortunately, episode five was kind of lost, but we're gonna do this as a little makeup. It's just me today and Lynch. Yep. So it's just the two of us. We're just gonna talk real quick about uh we were J One Con uh on Sunday. Yep, which was pretty chill. And um uh, maybe talk just a little bit of Destiny and then kinda of get out of here and then we'll be uh, recording again at the end of the week with uh the normal episode six is scheduled. Alright, so um so J One Con. Uh like I said, uh, I think from what I understand it was like their what, their third year?
1: Um, I don't remember what the actual year year number it was,
0: but it, it
1: was still a one day con.
0: Yeah, it's just a one day con in Philly, just an anime convention. Um, I mean, from what I understood from the staff, I believe it was a third year. It was in a new venue uh, out by Drexel University in Philly. Um, it, it was it was a really nice little event. Like I said, they they had a you know the standard fair. We had our co- the, you know the cosplays vendor room. Um, game room pa- game room panels Yeah, uh, that a yes. uh, special guest too they had Vic Mignana there which is very well known from things like uh Ble-
1: Alchemist.
0: Bleach, um I think he's in uh, quite I mean he's just got he's, a laundry list of stuff out there yeah. so uh, I think he's DBZ as well yeah,
1: yeah he, d- he does a lot he's he's one of those um really recognizable names and he actually does still go around on the con scene yeah, very he, heavily I know a lot of um a lot of the voice actors, anime voice actors have kind of stopped doing the con the the con tours.
0: Yeah, you don't see as many of them on the bill, but um I mean there's certain big names like Johnny o. Bosch and a couple of the yeah. other ones. So, like I know like our friend Kyle does um, get out there too but
1: Todd Todd Haberkorn gets out there too. Yeah. And like you don't see like the, the super mega ones, like you don't see Steve Bloom go out anymore.
0: Well, Steve Bloom though too. He doesn't need to do anything. All he needs to do is cash a paycheck and keep working. It'll yeah. be fine.
1: Um, but you don't see like the the super A list ones like because Vic he, Vic much, is one of the A listers. Yeah, he's still he's considered. an A lister. Yeah. Um. He, he doesn't have to do the con scenes, but he still does it. He still does the he does anything from those small like startup one day cons to to the the mega cons.
0: Yeah, and he was a huge draw too at the convention. I mean, um, they he did a full panel. I think it was an hour and a half long panel, and, and then he had two sets of signings, and every time. You know the the floor was just packed of everybody getting getting signatures, so it was really cool to see him come out and support the small convention.
1: Yeah, it was really the 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 crowd draw was the only negative that I had for the con. How Even, so? It it's a negative, but it's really it's it's a gigantic positive for the con because they had such a great turnout. But it was a negative because they weren't expecting that that kind of turnout.
0: I agree. I mean, like this was uh, J1 con. Um, this was their. Uh, like I said, what we were saying, we think it's their third, but this was also the first time at this venue that they were at. Yeah. And, and um,
1: it was, it was cramped with that many people.
0: Yeah. But it's still, I will say, though, too, like their staff, though, seemed like they were able to handle it, which, which is a good sign, which <laughs> means they had enough staff to deal with everything. I mean, it got packed in the hallways, but, but that's, yeah. that had to do with the floor plan, not the con. Yeah. Uh, that was, yeah, that, just, just that was just the venue. Yeah. Um,
1: but the staff handled it fantastically. And, uh, even though that they were swamped and just the, everybody was just working double time, the the staff was really awesome.
0: They were yeah, they were incredibly courteous. And we got even a chance. We kept running into the same guy over and over throughout the course of the convention, and he always sat down and talked with us. Really, really super nice dude.
1: Yeah, we hit it off because we were all fellow vapors.
0: Yeah, so he <laughs> Esau was outside as we were taking shots of the line at the convention. He was just kind of like, Oh, you guys have box mods. Cool, cool, cool. So I mean, um but yeah, I mean that's where you can tell right off the bat. Is um the con started about noon, and me and Tim got there about maybe uh, eleven thirty. Yeah, and um, you know, we got some shots of the line and did a video, but like to give you a good idea, I mean, fairly large building in Philadelphia, and um, you know, I would say it ran a normal span of an average city block, like that. Yeah, the length. Was,
1: yeah, it was. It was on a. It was on a
0: block. Yeah, and um, I mean, it was a good two minute walk. Uh, we got video where we we'll put posted to yeah. YouTube and a couple other things there.
1: Yeah, start start of the line. After the line started moving too,
0: and it kept and it kept building, going, yeah. it never stopped. It seemed like from noon to about two o'clock, yeah. there was still a line of people coming into the convention. It doesn't wasn't obviously not that long to register to get in, but mm-hmm. I mean they seemed like they did it well. They broke it into groups, brought groups into the building instead of like overwhelming the stairwells. It was smart; yeah. like they yeah. actually thought things through. It was nice to see. But yeah, there was a constant stream of people coming up into the convention up until two o'clock, three o'clock, and yeah. they even saw all the new faces coming in after that for. Especially for a con that I was only running to like, what, like 7? 7? Yeah, 7 mm-hmm. p.m. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to see. Like I said, there were some really fantastic artists. We had some pretty cool vendors out there. Um, but really what kind of jumped out at me the most was the cosplay. Um, yeah, but-
1: it was it was very much above average cosplay. Mm-hmm. Every every single one, it felt like everyone put time and effort into their costume. Yeah, I didn't see a lot it, of... It wasn't like, the uh, I'm just going to go buy this from a store... It was, okay, it, you do have, they, there were a lot of store-bought costumes, but it was like, okay, I'm going to buy this piece here, and I'm going to buy that piece there, and I'm going to spend, I'm going to buy the wig over there, buy it from over here, and I'm going to assemble a costume.
0: And like you saw a lot of that, there wasn't a lot of slapdash pieces, I mean, yeah. like a lot of conventions you see a lot of kind of like junky stuff, people mm-hmm. were kind of like, I want to do this, and there's nothing wrong with it, if you want to go out and cosplay...
1: The best thing it's you do great. is just go cosplay. Yeah. I mean,
0: you don't have to have perfection on your first round out ever.
1: Yeah. And like, it just in general, you don't have to. You don't have to spend the hundreds and hundreds of dollars on perfection. Mm-hmm. You, you can you can throw together a costume out of whatever you have in your wardrobe and mm-hmm. and uh, what you can get down like a, a thrift store. Or something yeah, like, like some, that. you know
0: Salvation Army, Goodwill, anything. Yeah. But I, and a lot of times too, a lot of these people that are out there cosplaying. When you see those f- finished ones, but a lot of times when you even see the slapdash ones, that's usually the start of a larger cosplay. A lot of people pick a character and pick a look that they're going for and start off one way, and three years later, if they're still rocking that cosplay, it looks probably pretty drastically different than from what it first did. Everybody kind of takes their time to improve improve their craft, and I was amazed to see how many great finished-looking pieces were at yeah. this event. I mean, there was um, a couple that really jumped out at me was... Uh, it was comic book based but uh, there was a guy who set up as uh, Deathstroke from arrow um and he just looked fantastic like yeah he yes. was
1: pretty it, it was he was to a t like Deathstroke from arrow
0: yeah uh, from the cw not not comic book as much but it, yeah, it from like
1: this this cw arrow. yeah
0: and it, he looked great like and he even had the facial hair down he he threw the gray in the temples so he had to rock the little salt and pepper he yeah, had the like eye patch. yeah patch. I, I mean, and he looked like he had the full arsenal. He even had, like, the little orange buckle touches on his costume, which yeah. was really cool to see. Wow. Um, there that, was the Steel? Yeah, there was a Steel from uh, from DC Comics as well, When I think that was probably one of my favorites is when we were getting a picture of him, and I guess he had his little boy with him, and uh, the kid looked at me, and he was like, Yo, yo, I'm steel, uh, Steel's bodyguard. And then he gave me the little, like, two fingers at his eyes, and they, like, poked it back at me, kind of like, I'm watching you. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. It was, it was
1: um, fantastic. And I think that was the guy who earlier... Um, the the kid was dressed up as minion.
0: Yes, yeah, he was. I think he was dressed up as a uh, as a minion. So I think it was kind of cool to see. I guess father and son going back and forth and yeah. just cosplaying together. So that okay. was pretty neat. And then um
1: the the one the the costume that stole the show for me was uh the cleaning Levi mm-hmm. from Attack on Titan.
0: Yeah, uh, the girl that did that did an awesome, awesome job.
1: Fantastic job.
0: Well, I like, just like got it down. I mean, there was a ton of Attack on Titan, but that one really just looked great. Mm-hmm. I like everything from all the little detail, but. It looked cool. It looked really cool. Yeah. Uh, a couple other good highlights, too. There was an amazing-looking stellar moon there. Uh, yeah. Like, really just, like, excellently done. Great detail. Um, we got a couple good pictures there. Um, there was... Uh, I know you had another really big one, too. Um,
1: there was an arcade sauna there mm-hmm. from League of Legends. That was fantastically done. We'll have all these pictures up. Uh,
0: Probably in the course of the week. During the week. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, like I said... You know, again, tons of attack on titan. There was a lot of good uh, around Ho- host club ones that were fun. Mm-hmm. Lots of as well. So it was really cool. So uh
1: there are a couple good Adventure Time ones there. Yeah, yeah,
0: there really were. There was, was like a lot of fun, creative ones. Like a lot of stuff you don't normally see. And then, like of course, you get your normal fare of like your FMA stuff. And there was huh. a couple really good, even honestly, like even though Bleach hasn't been a big huge thing, there was a yeah, couple really, really excellent Bleach cosplays yeah. too. Um, So yeah, it was all around. It was an excellent con. Um, We did get a chance too to run in with a friend of ours, uh, DJ Cutman from uh, Game Chops, um, who uh, provides our theme music. So obviously you heard that at the beginning of the episode. Uh, We did a little interview with him, which is already up on the website. We just got a chance to shoot the shit, talk about what uh, is going on with him, what's up with Game Chops. You know, talked a little bit about inspirations of of their music, what they got coming. So, yeah. and uh, I think you threw him for a loop on that last question. I did. Like, what what games are you playing? Because he's probably all used to talk about music, but, like, you know, like, when you look at what him and Game Chops really get into, you can definitely tell they're, they've are they got much love for retro and kind of indie. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, so he was just kind of like, oh, you know, it's kind of nice. It seemed like he was happy to get a chance to take yeah. a break from talking about music yeah, for a second. And just so. doing,
1: like, doing the same... Same questions over and over again mm-hmm. to yeah. to get something fresh in there.
0: Yeah, so it was really cool. Uh, like I said, so definitely go to the site. Uh, but the audio is a little little tinny sounding and a little blown out. But if you just turn it yeah. down a little bit, it's pretty. It's, yeah, it's I, very it's very listenable.
1: Yeah, I was trying to work my magic on it to dry, try to bring it down, way down.
0: Um, con con. Floor. But it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's
1: it's it's a open mic on a con floor, so there's a ton of background noise, and you had to get the mic right up on each other just to get get a clear sound, but. Yeah, I I did the compression on it. I did a hard compression on it to bring it way down. And then I did a couple um, decibel drops on it. So
0: well, I can't imagine what it sounded like originally. Because I mean, like, well, even was- playing it back, I mean, I me and him both kind of I think had that like knowledge of. Okay, well, this is an open-con floor, so here, here's the mic. <laughs> Shout at it, and oddly enough, the background didn't pick up too much, so it yep. just sounds like us screaming at a microphone for a little bit. But yeah, but I, but I, it's I gotta, still solid.
1: I gotta get my uh, I gotta get the levels on that down better. And I was looking at mics for for that. Yeah, like little portable USB mics with the the micro USB. Yeah,
0: so we'll definitely be it's uh, like, like 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 investing in that. Forty or bucks more. or
1: something. Like yeah, that. we'll
0: totally we'll we'll totally be adding that to the repertoire as well soon. Like I said, um. So, yeah, it'd be really cool. So, I mean, I know uh, it was nice because uh, I, I know CNP got a chance to, uh, uh, for those who don't know, that's a uh, Chaotic Neutral podcast. Um, Sean, one of your guys' new members, um, is uh,
1: going to be starting up his own yeah. like, YouTube and podcast thing. So, yeah, right? bought
0: lots of gear. So, uh, you guys are now in a multi mic setup, too, which yep. is really nice. And we'll probably be getting to that fairly soon here, probably a couple months. We're yeah, uh, Probably
1: probably the same setup.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I know. I, I think he even opens, openly said if we want to. If we want to bring it across all of them, that's fine yeah. for the time being as we get ready. So, because
1: it's it's a it turned out to be a really good setup.
0: Yeah, it, it sounded crystal clear. So definitely go go out there and take a listen to uh, episode eighteen of a uh, chaotic neutral podcast. You'll definitely hear a big big audio change. Uh, so you, you can barely
1: hear Rory this time.
0: <laughs> so, but yeah, very cool. So, like and uh, like I said, we mentioned um, back in the unheard episode five. Um, there's a lot of big site changes that are in the works. Uh, Tim, Kat, and myself are starting to look heavily at a full site redesign, which we're hoping to have implemented probably before November. So right around the one year anniversary of caffeinecrew.com. Yeah. So, um, just, just to like clean up the
1: site, get the, get the front page just cleaned up. So it's not just a kind of just a wall of, of, of posts. Mm-hmm. It's, it'll actually be like tiled out articles. So it, it'll be, you know, it'll be like a lot, it'll be a lot cleaner. And easy and, and hope, hopefully easier to navigate.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, we are working on that, and uh, we thank everybody for coming going to the site and seeing what's been happening there. Uh, if you're on our Facebook or Twitter, you probably have also seen our, our new logo, and that'll be all over the new page when everything's ready. So you'll probably have a nice, bright, obnoxious blue and orange color scheme on the Most, new mostly on the website. orange, mostly orange. So that'll be coming soon. It's which uh, it'll be great if you like the flyers. Yeah, pretty much. Actually, that's more like the Oilers, though, wouldn't it? Like a blue and orange. Like,
1: um, no, that. I think they were more blue. Wasn't there? There, it was blue and orange, but
0: they kind of toned it back. It's yeah. a little bit more blue and white now. I think they still have a little bit of it in their logo, but yeah. So, who even cares about Edmund? I mean, <laughs> why don't you edit that out? <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. So yeah, like I said, it's been really nice kind of seeing exactly what's been going on. Um, you know, we have a couple big things coming up too. Uh, I'm trying to think. We have- There's a lot. There's Steampunk Unlimited coming up at the end of the month. That is the final weekend in September, and that's in Strasbourg in PA. So we have, I think, three people. Three of the writing staff will all be actually vending all their own different stores. Kat's going to be there with Solstice Brews. Um, Siobhan, who's Seraphim on the site, is going to be with the Magic Shop. Um, and then Kevill's going to be there as well, Keeper of Sketch. So he'll be there with his art as well. And then one of our friends as well, uh, Brian Cotter, will be there uh, doing um, shirts as, as well. So um, so definitely make sure you get out there and see him. Uh, Abney Park is going to be the big act, which they're playing that Sunday at the end of the convention. Uh, they're an amazing steampunk band, lots of fun. Uh, and then our good friends um, are playing on Saturday, which is This Way to the Egress. I know they're uh, going to be there, so we'll, uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to play a little catch-up with both Taylor and Sarah and the rest of the band. So, uh, but yeah, um, outside of that though too, I know you've got the Parkinson's walk coming up too. Yeah, and in October we have, we have a jam-packed October. Yes, we do.
1: Uh, on October 11th, I'll be down in Philadelphia on MLK Boulevard doing the move on, uh, walk to stamp out Parkinson's. Uh, I've been, I've been trying to throw out the, uh, throw up the, the information to my donation page for that, but it's, it's a charity walk. I think it's, uh... Two and a half K walk up and down MLK, right by the art museum.
0: Very cool. And well, you know what, uh, make sure, just go ahead and um, we'll, we'll throw that up on the website and we'll throw that on uh, Facebook and Twitter too, and where you can donate to help, uh, to help with everything there. Um, and then after that, um, a week after, yeah,
1: the next, the next weekend,
0: uh, we have Extra Life. Um, Extra Life has kind of been kind of, uh, my pet project since last year. Uh, when I found out about it through PS Nation, uh, and that was very special thanks to Glenn Percival and Josh Langford from psnation.com uh, and their podcast for originally bringing that up and getting us interested. And uh, last year, Tim, myself, and um, EJ kind of decided let's let's go for it and do this. And we had a great team. Um, you know, uh, Fig, one of the other uh, writers on the website. and Mr. Then, October 78, miss- I think. Yep. And then um, Bill Nocturova, Um And then WC Kenny Me. So Kenny. Um, are all on there, and uh, most of them were big parts of that. Also, Tommy, Wing Ding Dingo. Yeah. So um, a good chunk of us are going to be getting together, playing again this year. We're going to be playing a week early, so normally Extra Life is going to be on the 25th, um, which normally starts at 8 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Sunday. So normal full 24-hour gaming marathon. Um, every penny goes to the hospital of each player's choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, our team that is working with PS Nation... We're, uh, our little sector is all playing for CHOP, which is Children's Hospital, of Philadelphia. So any money that goes donated will go directly to the hospital. The foundation does not take a penny of it. So anything that comes in goes right to where it belongs. Mm-hmm. So, um, right now we do have an article on the website where you can see our roster of players, which needs to be updated. We had a couple of new additions. Sean's yep. nail on there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Reap, who has been in past episodes of Chaotic Neutral podcast is in there as well. Yep. We'll all be. Uh, I think we're all going to be doing streaming projects
1: throughout the throughout the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be playing from midnight uh, to midnight because sleep.
0: Yeah, pretty much the 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 dawn of, the dawn of that Saturday, like the very crack of that Saturday, we're we're going to be at twelve o one a.m. We will be kicking off uh, and going until twelve o'clock midnight. Um you know, into the next next thing, so we'll we'll be going to the full nine. So if there's anything you want to play to, please reach out to us on our email. Um, even uh, Facebook or Twitter, if there's anything you would like to dive in, most of us are. I would assume we're going to be playing between PS3, and PS4. Uh, that'll be the main point. We're also going to be breaking in and out of gaming, and we'll actually be doing board games as well, and yeah. probably diving in a little into a little retro. It sounds like one of our uh, our team members found an original old Pong uh, arcade machine, so we're going to see if we can find a way to hook that up to an old CRT. Yeah. Which, uh,
1: we, we might do a live podcast at some point during the night. Yeah, I think I
0: think we'll try to we'll try to jump in there a little bit. Um, we could probably even jump in on uh, just jumping on Twitch and yep. doing uh, playroom mm-hmm. on, and I'll hop in in the couch, just do a little hello, yep. and then um, get that out to YouTube. So we'll do our best to do that. Um, try to get what we can on Twitch or UStream. I they think will- Twitch will have a little problems doing um, just us personally because I think they did change some of uh, the rulings on. What can be shown, but at least we know we can get into you stream. So we'll make sure we post yeah. links beforehand. We'll get that stuff tweeted out and Facebook <coughs> out as, as early as possible. We'll probably be hashing out the details in the next week or so. And, uh, we'll make sure we give it out to everybody. But in the meantime, definitely make sure you head to caffeinecrew.com. If you search extra life and under the don't panic search button bar, you'll, uh, you'll find the information of where, or if you pay attention to our Facebook feeds, um, you'll definitely see us, um, chilling for donations constantly. And if you can't donate, that's quite fine. But please share to people that um, could potentially help out. We really need every cent uh, to support this foundation. Um, actually, really cool. Um, nice little update. I was talking to the Philadelphia Extra Life Guild. Uh, currently, at this point in time, as of this morning, uh, we have 335 players uh, playing for chop. And nice. we are already number four across the nation for highest donations. We were just about to break sixteen thousand dollars raised for chop party for this year, so nice. we got a month to go. So that's pretty cool. Uh, aside from that, let's see. Um, um, we got destiny. Destiny. I know you guys talk destiny pretty pretty heavily uh, over was, um, on CNP.
1: We we did talk uh, a lot of De- a lot of destiny over on CNP, but it was a lot of explaining to Nader and EJ. What really what destiny is, so it wasn't really getting into the nitty gritty. It was just with because with us, we're, we we've actually been playing. So been
0: play, we've been playing since day one. Like I, I unfortunately haven't had as much time to to dive in and get to the high level point. Um, and when we were um, on our way to J one, I, I was asking Tim quite a bit because I had a lot of concern personally as far as what end game content was. Like I'm, I, I've told you many times, I'm not an MMO player. You've never seen me really <laughs> be like with amongst everybody on like WoW or um, and the, the Guild thing, Wars or anything like the, that.
1: The thing is, Bungie's trying to say that it's not an MMO, but it, it, it is an MMO. I'd
0: rather them embrace that. I think yeah. they really should just embrace I it. I
1: mean, you, you do get into the, the whole... Like, once you get to end game, the high level, the, the soft cap, which is 20, you, you have to start grinding out the Vanguard strike lists, mm-hmm. the daily, the weekly, the Crucible, to get gear to level up because the only places that... You can, you can either get the rep gear... Uh, to level up or you can grind gear throughout the strike list and the rate and 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 that to get to the raid which just released on tuesday
0: which is today you know, though yeah. re- our day of recording which yeah. is uh what is something the uh, vault of glass vault of glass, vault yep. of
1: glass. it's a level 26 six man strike team raid
0: and they've been very clear and all over twitter today saying if you're not a level 26 just don't bother
1: that that's if you haven't figured that out, if you're playing Destiny and you haven't figured that out na- by now. Yes. No, it's very true. Yeah. Because yeah. It, they don't they don't mess around when they put a level number on there.
0: That Which is- I, I'm actually really happy because like a lot of times you know like the MMOs that I have played and like it's it's not my cup of tea normally, but um they always kind of BS you where it's kind of like oh this is a level such and such like or like or they'll even break it down as like very easy easy normal you know yeah. medium hard it's- extreme whatever. Yeah. But I mean, like when they tell you, "Hey, you're about to do a level twelve mission. You should be a level twelve, if not higher. Yeah. Like you could maybe skate by if you're a level under, but beyond yeah, that, you can. You're wasting your time. Like you, me, and Lucci ran into that um, In... on a, a level twelve mission on the moon. Yeah, uh, I think we were like nine and tens, and we it were was...
1: we were all ten, I think.
0: Yeah, and that did not go well for us at no. all. That was like a good hour and a half of us just, just dying and dying and we dying. Were
1: ba- we were just bashing our face into the into the strike, and, and it just yeah. didn't work. Um, because I remember back in WoW, um, before they did all the changes, this was back, uh, Burning Crusade, Wrath of the Lich King era, where shaman, enhancement shamans were just disgusting. Um, just outright OP and PVE. Uh, there were, there were times when I'd get a five-man quest mission to go kill something, and it, it's recommended five people, and for pretty much any other class, you had to have a five man team to go in and and do this quest shaman enhancement shaman go do a five man quest by yourself yeah just because how how ridiculous it was uh, how ridiculously op the class was um that's not the case in Destiny. The, no. the, the character balance in Destiny is really well done.
0: Yeah, they did a really nice job. I mean, like, you could have an entire group of that's all playing Titans or all playing Hunters or all Warlocks or have a mix of the three or a, an imbalance of, like, two Warlocks, a Hunter. It doesn't matter. They do a really great job of balancing the damage outputs that you're dealing with and as long as you're a smart player and you're not just... You can go Guns of Blazing in that game, but you also have to still play it smart, just like almost any FPS. Well, you you have to play it smart. Uh, I
1: try to... A lot of times, if if I'm messing around, I'll, I'll die a lot.
0: But like when you're in a dark zone, you just can't do yeah, you that. You just can't do that. Uh, and uh, if you haven't played Destiny, basically the dark zones are pretty much um, kind of the their the version they're, of instances. Yeah, they're instances. Um, like I said, we're all the main... Juncture of uh, Destiny, like, you're running around with other players and you'll see them in the world. Mo- the moment that you enter a mission, there's always a, a line in that mission where um, you'll get a no response allowed. Um, that does not mean you can't die, especially if you're in a strike team, because mm-hmm. um, you can still have the option to be revived. But if you're playing a single-player game, you have to be very smart about what you're doing, because if death means starting that, that section over. And I will say this, though, the nice, really good thing I think they've done... And I gotta commend Bungie for this. And like I even told you day one, um, I had a couple uh, server issues that mm-hmm. kept happening, where I'd be in those dark zones and get booted out. Yeah. Um, and you were even saying too, like you, you had a couple moments like that. But the nice thing is you don't lose your XP, you don't lose the gear that they drop. Mm-hmm. All that stays.
1: It it's it saves it's like it's just constantly save stating it. Yeah. It's it's like any other MMO where it's whatever you do, it's it's always in that save state.
0: And the nice thing too is if you do drop when you go back into that mission, you start right at that point. You will start at the in, in, at the start of the dark zone. You won't have to go to the very beginning of the mission, which is really nice. You'll be able to kind of dive right back into where you were, yeah. go through that. You may lose like five, ten minutes of play, but it's it could be much worse. There's some of those missions that take quite a bit of time before you even get to those moments. Yeah. So it, it's nice to see that they really thought that through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were even saying the same thing about the Crucible. It doesn't really matter what what level you're in yeah. for a PVP. Um,
1: they, they, they balance it, the character balance it, uh, you could be a level 5 and go into PvP and roll up against a, a level 24, and it, it, they, they balance it well enough that you don't notice any big difference. Uh, you'll, you'll see minor differences in like the grenade styles, or the super sty, the supercharge styles, or, because a level 5 is not gonna have the, the Blade Dancer on the Hunter unlocked. They're not right. going to have the sun singer unlocked for the Warlocks. They're not going to have the Defender. Although Defender... Does, you don't really see Defenders a lot in in, PB, in PvP.
0: Yeah. And, like, it makes sense. But, I mean, it's nice that that does change things a lot. I mean, you have the options. It's not just those three classes because everybody has one other set of, mm-hmm. of play styles. There, there's so. another...
1: There's another block in there, so for most likely for, an expansion probably, somewhere yeah. down the line, mm-hmm.
0: we'll we'll see we'll see maybe a third option for each class. Probably,
1: probably within the next two expansions that they've they've announced.
0: I, w- I would assume probably at the end of season one. I don't think we'll see that. I think the other ones slated right now for late no- mid to late November. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a high chance we'll see that in the second one, which is probably after the New Year's sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's cool to see that they're doing a good job. I, I mean, it, the game has been getting a lot of... They've been getting a lot of negative feedback. I mean, it, they've been getting a lot of negative feedback, and mostly in the review angle. Um, and I can see where some of this was coming. We were talking about this a little bit, and I can defend them and argue their point at the same time. Um, I, I was even telling you, too, like the biggest mistake I think Bungie made going into the release of Destiny was up until even playing the beta, and even bef- even after the beta, we knew nothing about the rest of the game at all. Like, mm-hmm. we knew what happens in the old Russia area on Earth, and that was it. Like, yeah. they never showed off anything that was, else. That was
1: the only gameplay that, that happened.
0: Right, and I think that's a big part of it. Uh, I mean, there was, there was two hours, I think, during the open beta point where they had a sequence of the moon opened. And everybody's kind of like, you know, they saw the world map, and it's kind of like... Well, there's a huge solar system out here. There's gonna hopefully be a ton of worlds. Yeah. Um, based on what you're looking for in a game, I, I, Destiny can be a make or break for you. If
1: if you're looking for an MMO style game, you'll love it. You, you'll you'll love it. If you but- like
0: Borderlands, if you like Diablo, granted, yes, this is still very different than both of those games. Like Borderlands is still the closest you know parody yeah. I think you can see it, out it's there.
1: Like you. Most of us have been making the comparison that it, uh, the mashup—it's it, Halo lands. It, it, it,
0: yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, it's and that's the truth. But I, there is a lot more MMO there than you would expect. Yeah. I think it, for the, the unsuspecting MMO players, you have your grinding, you have your farming, and I think if people were not anticipating that, yeah. I can see where they—they're like, "Hey, and, this is not what I anticipated." Yeah, that and it doesn't. That, and, oh, go that, ahead, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Yeah, that—that's one of the things that was. um really bugging me is that people are uh, one of the complaints that i've been hearing is that there's that there are all these mmo aspects in, in it and uh and they they just weren't expecting it it's like well if you played the beta or like we're like really paying attention to to the releases about it you could tell it was going to be a, a very mmo influenced game yeah and these were people who were like oh it's bungie they're gonna make another halo uh,
0: well i think that's like, what everybody expected though too i mean um Bungie, like, if you think about sci-fi game lore, like, next to Mass Effect, Halo's got the largest lore. I mean, like, think about how many novels are out there. They're, like, what, six games in now? Yeah. Like um, between 100%. they have Halo one through four plus ODST, and then they have Reach. And
1: then mobile, they they have a mobile game. I think. They have a mobile
0: and slash indie game, which and plus they even have a Halo Wars for fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like they well, we don't mention Halo Wars. <laughs> well, it's a shame though, cause, too, because it was made by a really good company that just didn't make the best of games.
1: It's no, it's it's that they were trying to make a RTS. On they were trying console. to make Age of
0: Empires and throwing a Halo skin on it and well, it just didn't work. Not even that. It
1: was they were trying to make a, an RTS on on a console and it just it doesn't work. Yeah. There's there's too much pinpoint control that you need for um and there's too much there's too much item, um, item micromanagement
0: Management, yeah. And oddly enough, there's one place where that could totally work fine and nobody's doing it, which is I think a huge mistake and Wii U has the entire ability If people need to make an RTS, you have a fucking touchscreen and a fucking stylus.
1: Yeah. The problem is the only the only teams that are are working on Nintendo stuff are Nintendo teams. Well,
0: Western and, Western teams, it's a lot of Western teams. Like you're yeah. seeing, like Tecmo Koei. You're seeing a lot of like, you've got Team Ninja, you've got Igaoki's company, like all these. They're people. all,
1: but they're all conforming to the Nintendo they're ideal, you, yeah. which is which is the problem. Is is that Nintendo is so far behind the times?
0: <sighs> yes and no. they Nintendo does what Nintendo does, and I think that's just kind of just where they decided to be. I mean, they they make a lot. And, of, like I, I listen to it. Like it's gr- It's
1: great. Uh, Nint- it's great for that. It's, it's great not, for Nintendo properties. It's, it's not Niten- good for anything else. Yeah, it's not good for anything else. And that's that's what I mean by it's behind the times. It's not opening itself up to, like, actually making the the Wii and, like, and bringing that into the, the console market. Yeah. It's, it's, you buy a Wii U if you like Nintendo games.
0: Yeah, that's and that's the truth about it. Like, if you're buying a Wii U to make, is like, the Wii U is a great secondary system to have. Like, if you like old school gaming and you want to be able to play some older stuff, or actually, have some good local co-op games. The Wii U is a great second system to have, but I would not recommend anybody out there to buy a Wii U and only a Wii U. Buy yeah. a Wii U if you have the uh, the the money to have an Xbox One or a PS4. Yeah. I mean, that's the best suggestion I can make. Um, if you
1: can buy a PS4 or a PS4.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what? I will say this. Actually, um, you know, I'll I'll put a little break there, and before we get back to Destiny, um. It looked like the analyst numbers for um, August for the MPD came out. um, And it was kind of a shock. Um, If you go back a few weeks to... We were at PAX, PAX Prime. Um, PAX Prime, they made the announcement uh, that they did... Or right after PAX Prime, actually. Um, They had a little uh, press release a couple weeks ago that they did a live stream that was kind of like pre-TGS, which actually starts tonight, uh, our time. But um, they discussed how many units... uh, PS4s have actually officially sold. And this is sold through, not sold in. Uh, yeah. And if you don't know that term, sold in means to retailers. Sold through is actually to customers. Um, right now, um, about three weeks ago, they were they had broken 10 million units sold through. Which is the fastest selling system of all time. Um, is f- for a start launch. Today the NPD results came out and it was kind of interesting. Um, I think PS4 was at 10.74 million units sold. Um, the second leader currently with 7.2 million sold was the Wii U. Granted, they had another year one competition. Yep. Microsoft sold through 5.2. They're at half. Yeah. I did not expect them to be that far behind because it seems like when we... Uh, at E3, they mentioned 5 million units out, but it, apparently yep. that meant...
1: Five five million sold to
0: sold sold yeah sold in sold and, in to retailers yeah. so it's it's surprising to see that they're actually half through I mean like I mean uh,
1: it's it doesn't surprise me after all the things that went through uh, that went on during the build up to the the big console war of, of last of last year
0: a lot of mixed messages and that was into uh, up to and including the actual release of the system mm-hmm.
1: and and they've been doing and Microsoft has been doing a lot of. Like underhanded things to i I've, I've yeah, yes, that
0: yes and yes and no. I totally know where you're going with this and I yeah. agree. I've actually written a few articles on the website about it. A lot mainly a lot of buying buying publishers and buying exclusives yeah. as opposed to focusing on their studios.
1: Yeah. Instead of instead of development
0: they're they're buying. Um obviously I'm sure the big thing that you wanted to talk about too, because if we're here we might as well talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we might as well talk um, about it. Um, yesterday morning, I believe. Yeah, yeah Monday, 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 Monday morning. Monday morning. Um, uh, they reported uh, and they officially came out. I had a little article about a week ago on the What the Fuck Wednesday about Microsoft discussing potentially purchasing Mojang. Um, the Wall Street Journal broke. I think it was Monday or Tuesday last week. Uh, and officially uh, that went through yesterday. It was what? 2? 2? Two, 2.5 $2. billion? 2.5 billion um, um, dollars. And, and not just stepping down, I believe, too. I think um, he's...
1: Marcus... Uh, Marcus, Marcus person Marcus person uh uh, uh what, what's the other guy's name the other I, I'm not sure there's three the there's, there's the three, the there, three there's, there's three heads at, the three, at three heads mojang. At, the three heads at mojang are are stepping down are they're they're going to be leaving notch once everything gets all said and done hammered out uh and it's it's actually kind of disappointing on the way that this is uh, going about because It seems like Microsoft is buying this to pump its console sales. And um, because you can't spend two and a half billion dollars without a plan to recoup that money in some way.
0: Well, I I, I understand to an extent. I mean, they did officially issue a press release. um, Not Michael Patcher. That's uh, the dude from Web Bush. uh, Head of Phil Spencer. Uh, head of the Xbox division did come out and say they are still going to 100% support every other version, iOS, Android, and PlayStation. So that's obviously PS3, PS4. There's a big question in the air still. The Vita version still has not been released yet. That was supposed to be out the same day as PS4. I know they were still working on bug fixes. The question in my brain is, is that game going to still come out? Because that was supposed to be considered a cross-buy title. Um, so if you own the PS3 version, the Vita version was going to be free. Um, De- depending on how deep they are in development on it, I don't see them I, I would hope they the project. Would, I, I would hope they would finish it, but then obviously... It,
1: if it's just bug fixes that they got to go work through... I think that's
0: all it was. So I would assume they're not going to, to screw that up. And they did say Mojang is still going to be the ones running everything. But again, yeah. Microsoft is the one behind the money of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, it, I mean, it kind of seems like... When they, you know, when they purchased this, like, how much life does Microsoft, uh, not like Microsoft, but Minecraft actually have left? Like, a that's- lot.
1: It actually has a lot. It it Because of the way that Minecraft is, it leaves for an almost unending. It's um, infinite. It's yeah, just very it, much infinite. It, it's a very infinite set of possibilities of what you can do in Minecraft. I mean, with just Red, pretty much just redstone and repeaters and blocks, people have made working hard drives. In in Minecraft,
0: it's very true, uh, and you also have Neil too picking backing off of like um, the Lego movie. Uh, Warner Brothers has a deal for a Minecraft film, so Microsoft is going to have a huge stake in that as well. So, but the question is, was two point five billion dollars is a lot of money to really buy a company for one title? Yeah. Um, I mean, you think and about it ha- uh, they have to, because they have to monetize it somehow. They do, and the question is, Minecraft has been big for a while, but let's be honest, like. It, that is only going to last until the next big thing comes. I mean, that's the truth of it. I mean, but I mean, no, make- I don't,
1: I don't think so because there have been so many companies that have tried to dethrone Minecraft what? from it, from its very, very innovative throne. Mm-hmm. That and nothing has even touched it. People still play it. And, no, I agree. And the the thing, the thing is, um. I don't know where I'm going. Really, actually, where I'm going with this, but I'm just gonna keep on blabbering. I, I, I think it's it's, from one of the analogies that I was making was I'm, I'm rereading Ready Player One. I remember. Um, I know exactly where you're going yeah, with I'm, this I'm part. I'm thinking that it's it, it feels like that Microsoft is um, innovative online whatever I
0: industries. I think, industries, I think it was so I O I, which is the big bad from Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. If you haven't mm-hmm. read it. You, do yourself a favor and fucking read it. They 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 want to take this this
1: open world system that's com- that's pretty much completely player driven and player run. I mean, uh, Mojang and 4J they do all the 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 most of the technical stuff. They do they do the updates and then they do the bug fixes. But it's up to the players
0: to to
1: really. Build the universe.
0: Yeah, you I mean, build uh, the game. And unless you're playing survival, I mean, ultimately what they're doing with survival is just adding additional content or making little tweaks and adjustments. But for the most part, it's it, it, you're right. It's a player driven world mm-hmm. in society, and society. It's, it's and not. That's even, exactly what it is.
1: It's not even for the as far as I know with um as far as the PC version is concerned, there are no Mojang servers. Right. It's, everything it's everything all, is done by four J. It's all. No, not not even that. It's it's all personal. It's all oh, personal ser- It's all server clients. It's just it's yeah. people who have made their own
0: servers. And console end is all by four J. Like uh, they're the ones handling yeah. all
1: that. And for the most part, it's not even like a four J central server because when you start up a a, a world in, on your console, that's basically your server. Right. That's your world. People can join your. Uh, people on other systems can join into your world and your sys in your system. Access the server.
0: Right. And the question is, ultimately, if, you know, the property does lose some steam, like, if it's going to lose some, because the longer anything is around, it, it will dip yeah. down a bit. I mean, it's still going to be huge, because eventually you're going to have big companies. Like, you've got to think about, like, Rooster Teeth and Achievement Hunter. You know, the question... And there's so many other people out there doing Let's Plays in Minecraft. Mm-hmm. How long is that going to last before somebody finds something else to pick up? I mean, that's it, that's... It does have... And, and they, it's a matter of when? Yeah, it's a matter of when. And it's a, it,
1: it's a matter of when, and it's a matter of, it, it's a matter of when, it's a matter, it's not a matter of when people are going to run out of creativity in Minecraft. Because, because they never will. Because they pretty much never will. It's well, like if
0: you give a five-year-old a bucket of Legos and said, have fun, yeah. they're never going to stop building something new.
1: Mm-hmm. And it, it, it'll only stop when the technical side uh, decides to stop supporting it.
0: Right. And even still, like, you know, there's games that survive well past their creators. I mean, like if you look at Evo, um, the uh, fighting game tournament, like, look at Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers is a 10-year-old game that people are still playing back on from GameCube for Mainland. Yeah. And that's still so well-loved. I mean, this easily, easily could be that game for them. But the problem is when you spend $2.5 billion for a property... You're going to do everything you can to make sure that property is making money for you. Because if not, you're making a fine you're you're creating a financial loss for your company. Yeah. Um so the question is, do they make a Minecraft 2? And do they make that exclusive? Do they just pump out a ton of DLC for it? And but do they only lightly support some consoles as opposed to others? Yeah. Do they do a lot of exclusive content? And that's where you could start losing people really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like
1: it's it, it's when it comes down to what's and I believe I fully believe this with 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 Microsoft. It's it's what what is going to what is my Microsoft going to exclude from
0: who? That's the truth of it because the Pocket Edition they don't have to do much. Like they're going to make an iOS version and keep supporting the iOS version, the Kindle Fire TV and um, Android, and but you know that's on the back end, and they're going to probably try to do something special for a Windows Phone. You guarantee they're going to probably yeah, do something they're, for them. They're,
1: that was, uh, they're, they're definitely going to make something for Windows
0: Phone. Because yeah. Why not? And it's already available there, I, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them do something, some kind of special content or even just do some kind of free content for 360 or Xbox One. I mean, and it makes sense. I do understand to an extent because it is now their property. That's fine. They can choose to do whatever but, they want, but even would, still with
1: texture packs.
0: I would prefer the this
1: purchase of Minec- of Microsoft's purchase of Minecraft not to be the death of Minecraft because that's what, and that's what, I, that's what my fear is. It's my fear that, that Microsoft is going to get their grubby little hands in it and ruin Minecraft for people.
0: Well, it's like if you go back, like, what, two episodes on um, Captain Craft of Pods, we talked uh, a little bit about exclusivity, and we talked with, about... Like, um, with Rise of the Tomb Raider. Rise of the Tomb Raider, when we were discussing, like, female role models in gaming uh, and equality over gender equality. And, you know, they've already proven so far about four times in this console generation that... Their answer to games for their consoles is to write a check to another developer, like a third-party developer, not even a second-party. Second-party makes sense. I like totally understand it. It's like, hey, you know, uh, like you look at Insomniac Games. Insomniac Games is making Sunset Overdrive. They have a long history with Sony, but they're still considered, for the most part, a second-party second developer. That doesn't mean they work exclusively for one or the other. If they choose to work with Microsoft through this console generation, by all means, they, they, they can go ahead and do so, and that's good for them. Um, and it helped support that console, and what every console needs is exclusive titles. But buying a third-party title and locking it away from other people, that kind of happened in a weird back-and-forth with, like, for example, um, Dead Rising. Dead Rising started off on Xbox 360, which is fine, so everybody's like, oh, cool, this is one of their games. But then two came out to everybody. Then they made two off the record, and that was available to everybody. They said, we're going to buy this back. So the people that do like it on multi-platform are kind of like, okay, that's pulled away from me, so if I want to continue my experience in Dead Rising, I have to play on Xbox One. That's fine. Whatever. That That's that's their their choice and their prerogative, and they can do whatever they wish with it. But then you start getting into, like, a lot of the DLC, like the lockup of, like, the Call of Duty franchise, like, as far as DLC first on Xbox One. Um, a lot of stuff happening with EA. Like, Titanfall was a big thing. A lot of people were like, whoa, 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 whoa. They just bought rights from a th- huge third-party developer, which looks bad on EA. And let's be honest, EA does not exactly have the best reputation as far as the gaming community is concerned. So but it's but- in the game. <laughs> it is in the game. Um, but that's... that's Well, actually, no, it's not in the game. It's in DLC. <laughs> let's be honest. Or microtransactions. It, it's, it's in Origins, and nobody really touches Origins. <laughs> so, I mean, but that's a huge part is... When that went down and people got excited about Titanfall and they said, well, it's only going to Xbox One. I was like, it's a new franchise. Who gives a shit if it goes to Xbox yeah, One It and stays there? That's fine. But the fact is, it was from Respawn Entertainment, who already had a huge... uh Well, the people that created Respawn Entertainment had a huge past already with Microsoft. But them being owned by EA, it looked like a lot of weird favoritism. It also doesn't help that Peter Moore who helped run the xbox division is running ea it, so a lot of people got pissed it didn't
1: it didn't bother me as much that, that titanfall was going to be um a microsoft exclusive because it came to pc and that's fine because i have a pc i'll play play it on a pc yeah you can and you it's, probably a sh- can. it's a shooter it's where i prefer to play um shoot it's a uh, pc is where i prefer to play shooters just right. because it's you just have a tighter control um and that's fine. It's like if you have like a startup franchise mm-hmm. or if you have a, if you have a
0: company with a long running history. It's like, a um, Gears, Gears yeah. of War. That's, a uh, epic and yeah. that stayed on 360. Then good for them. Awesome. Yeah. Is it, but that's it, one of their franchises.
1: But, it, but when it makes, a, but when a game or a franchise or a company makes its name in, in like the indie verse where, where Minecraft came from or it started off as like a multi platform, uh, Franchise,
0: more so, if it's a multi-platform platform franchise, franchise.
1: Um, and they then they buy it, they buy the exclusivity. It, that's when it irks me because you're just you're you're just taking it away from me. Right. I had it. I had it with my hands, and it's just no. Then then it's just Microsoft coming in with its big dick, going, nope, it's mine now. You can't you oh you have Sony, you can't play it anymore. If you want buy, to play it, Xbox One. Xbox One, and I'm like. I don't have the money for an Xbox One, nor do I have, nor do you have enough games that I want to play.
0: Yeah, and like, we'll be honest, and I mean, like, I think Tim can agree with me too. If you're out there and you're already playing in next, next gen, and let's, let's be honest, I think it's time to stop calling it next gen. It's just, it's, 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 it's current gen. Yeah, it's
1: current gen. Because and,
0: if you're playing on a PS3 or Xbox 360, you're like, no, this is current gen. I'm like, no, you're living in the clouds. It's almost been a year. It's, just, yeah, it's, you're, you're in last gen, company. you haven't upgraded yet, and there's nothing wrong with it, yeah. but deal with it. We're in current gen.
1: Yeah, we're, we're current, it's current gen. It's almost a year in, in, into the gen. It's current gen. Um, and it's, that's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine calling the 360 and, and the PS3 past gen because it's really what it is. Yep. It doesn't mean that they're, they're, well, it means it for Microsoft, but it doesn't mean it for Sony that they're going to stop supporting it. Because it's Sony, and they have they have their very very stated ten year plan,
0: and they always do. They always, always. come through with it. And granted, there's a little less reasons yeah. to. And like obviously, after they announced Persona Five coming to PS4 now, everybody's kind of like, aside from Borderlands, I, I don't need my PS3 too much more. Um, there's there's a
1: couple things. Um, a lot of it it's that that stays. It's like the Japanese market that drives a lot of the PS3. 3 market.
0: And that was the same with the PS2 market. And then it's end years. Like, you got yeah. companies like NIS and, um, Atlas and, and.
1: Um, there's one that I'm going, there's something for the PS3 that I'm going to be buying in November.
0: The Sega game, right?
1: Uh, yeah. It's a Sega anime fighter. I,
0: I, I've got, I've got two games coming from Western developers that I will be buying on, on PS3. Yep. I've got, a uh, have got Hatsunu Project Diva F2, or a second, whatever it's called. And that's through Sega. Uh, and, um, Kingdom Hearts 2.5. Cause I want to finally put Birth by Sleep. Um and
1: it's like it, I I'm and it's fun it's fantastic that Sony does all this support beyond when 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 the when the previous system becomes the past gen mm-hmm. which is great and um a western develop they they just picked up for translation I forget Justin was saying this to me earlier I forget what just got picked up but it's it's a really big named uh, RPG um was it I can't remember off the top of my head but Maybe, I'll, I might remember it at some point during this show, but.
0: Uh, well, actually, I mean, I know there was a big RPG, especially for PS4, and I know a lot of Western, well, Western audiences, so J- the Japanese and Asian markets right now are have been waiting for, but they just announced a new, uh, a, a new entry in Yeast. And I know a lot of people are really pumped that they're doing a PS4 version of a new uh, Yeast game, so I know that's gonna be huge. Um, but no, I mean, like, I, when you look at all this stuff, though, it, it's clear as day that Sony right now is they're riding a wave that they they started back in the PS2 days, but they lost somewhere during PS3. Like PS3 is still a fantastic system; I loved it. It ended about the same point, equal footing with the 360 by the end of the generation. But most people that last gen were 360 users, and they they had the best online infrastructure out of both of them. But at the end of Sony's life, like the last, like like half life cycle of the PS3, they started programs like PlayStation Plus. And that started making up for a lot of their their lack of, la- like lack of titles that they had at the earlier start of their generation. They gave a good reason to enter their ecosystem. Mm-hmm.
1: And and the the PlayStation Plus uh, uh, membership thing w- is fantastic because you get you get AAA titles yeah. that, that
0: aren't that aren't three years out of date. Uh, and they also started something else that was really wonderful. There's this past console generation that I think everybody's even looking at Nintendo and just saying, when are you going to get off your ass and do this? Which is, one of the best ideas they've ever implemented ever was cross-buy, cross-save. Yeah. Um, because there's nothing better than, especially if you're an owner of the Vita. And if you've been on Plus for more than a few years, and if you don't own a Vita, you are seriously making a mistake. Um, if you handle Plus the way that a lot of other members do even if you don't have that system if you log on to um the Sony store online on their PC just, uh,
1: for every free game just just put just put it in your checkout and just check it out
0: yeah you don't even though you can't don't see it on your screen on your PS3 for everything you can still do that with PS4 titles if you're yeah. still a PS3 user you can still go into the uh, Sony uh, network entertainment and just go ahead and purchase all those free games and you'll have them as long as you're a plus member so like in 2 years if you decide hey you know what, I really want to have a Vita, because I have 45 games for Vita, then you have an amazing lineup of stuff. And a lot of it, yeah, it's indie. It's fine. Yeah. But a lot of those indie games are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you even look at the options, too, of remote play. I know so many people now that are actually using their Vita to remote play Destiny. And everybody says it plays great. It feels great. And if you're on a good, stable network, you you, you have Destiny in the palm of your hands. Um, I mean, that's just a really great option. And I, I'm, I really commend... Sony in this net uh, this generation right now because they have just the same amount of of content that Microsoft has, but the indie scene's flocking to. Everybody says if you look at the indie store for Xbox One, it is like an eighth of what is already with Well, that and the Sony. problem
1: the problem lands on Microsoft with that one because they're still sticking to their old old
0: the parody clause. Yeah, uh, that's a huge part for them.
1: Right. it's it's just it's. Indie developers just don't want to deal with that anymore. Yeah, and especially I, when when there's other platforms like Steam or or PlayStation or Sony who go, "You're an indie developer, come make make a game for our system." And oh, yeah. you you, what what is this? You need a publisher bullshit. Well, yes. it's
0: not they, they they drop that stuff. Yeah. The parody clause is actually kind of interesting, and the reason why it's such a big issue is. The parody clause basically states if you release a indie title on a console space and it's not on Xbox first, then when you do release it on Xbox, if it goes, say, for example, PS4 first, if it comes to Xbox One, you have to have exclusive content specifically for Xbox One somewhere in that game. You're talking to indie developers, which just can be as small as two guys or one or two guys making yeah. a game. When they're trying to release a game, update, do bug fixes, and if they have a deal with Sony because they're going to help back them and support their game and help them market it,
1: yeah.
0: they're going to release it on there, but they don't have the ability after that game's released all the time to be able to make exclusive content. That's, that's really rough. I mean, at least they opened up the gates about the publisher aspect. Mm, that's, they that's can be good. true indies, but the, the parody clause is something that is still seriously hurting them. Um, I mean, like they did that with Outlast and contrast is now over there, but they had to add at least a level, or even if it's something small like a costume set or whatever, it's something that's exclusive to Xbox consoles. So it's it, it's tricky. So it, it's kind of hard to see where that's going to go. And
1: it's it's a problem that's been perpetuated by Microsoft. It's like the whole the the whole console war thing. It, it, it's a problem that's being perpetuated by Microsoft, I believe. Where Sony is just like, "Hey, come to our system, play your games. we we're, we're we're here." So you can play games. Microsoft is going, whereas Microsoft is going, um, you, we have special things that we force people to make for, for you, for you, even though we were holding guns to people's heads about all this stuff. So it's, it's Microsoft still, still clinging to this thing that there needs to be competition in the whole thing. Whereas Sony is just like, hey, we just play your games. We just, please, just play games. We're, we're in the business of games. Just play them, and I don't. I don't feel that Microsoft has that 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 uh,
0: motto yet. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I mean, if you give it enough time, I'm sure we're gonna end this generation the same way we end up at, like the last two generations. Where well, not even the last two, like last gen. Um, they're both gonna probably be even killed by the end of all this. Like you think about Sony launching the PS3, and they were well far behind at the start. They had a year years less time. Microsoft got out ahead of them. And Sony had a very slow start. It wasn't yeah. until like, things like Uncharted came out that people really started paying attention to them. And I think the,
1: pro- the problem with the PS3 is, is not only the, the system architecture, which actually was causing huge problems, but it, it's that a lot of the Japanese market didn't make the
0: transfer over to the Americas or Europe, where they didn't need the, to because the PS2 was such a heavily supported system. Yeah,
1: it was such a heavily supported system, but it, it didn't. Nothing really made the jump over. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had your. Your your triple A uh, RPGs, I still call them RPGs, calling them JRPGs, because that's to me that that is the RPG. It, it's that it's like the turn based or the very very to the
0: core RPG. I totally agree, totally. Whereas agree. like
1: your ARPGs need that need that modern the
0: action like when somebody says action RPG, I, I'm like no, I got you exactly. That's for <laughs> me. Like my brain says, Alundra, That's Legend of Zelda. Uh, I mean that's that's an that's an action RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I I completely agree with where your logic's on that. It makes the most sense of why support a system when the PS2 was in millions of homes and people were still buying them across the world. And, like, that's the one thing I think America forgets. We're such a small part of the equation. I mean, we're a large part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where most of the sales are right now. Like, because, I mean, all systems are floundering right now in Japan. Um I mean that's very clear. Like, well,
1: the the also the the Japanese economy isn't doing all that great,
0: right? And a so. lot, but a lot of the gaming there has gone mobile, and I guarantee because yep. Tokyo Game Show tonight when that kicks off and Sony starts their press conference at one a.m. Eastern time tonight, well tomorrow morning, I guarantee we're going to get a lot of uh, a lot of discussion about games from the states that are being made, and then they're going to start pushing into the other stuff because they did say tonight is going to be their first real push towards. Here's the game that Western the games that Western audience has been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's, that's going to be creeping up very soon. And it's going to be your traditional stuff. It's going to be like your Dynasty Warriors. They already announced a, a new Bladestorm game. Um, so like, oh, you're going to see a lot of Techno Koei, I guarantee. And you'll, you'll see stuff from Team Ninja. I mean, like, I know we already found out a couple weeks ago. We had things like, um, Final Fantasy Type Zero, uh, HD, which was a mobile game in Japan that's finally coming its way to PS4. Uh, and Xbox One. Uh, and it's a game a lot of people wanted. That was announced with the Fabulous Novella Crystalis, which was part of the three games that was supposed to be 13. Not the actual 13, 1, 2, and 3. But like one of those original ideas like Versus 13. So that's finally coming to light. But they're doing a lot of that stuff. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they're bringing from it. But you guarantee every time there's a Tokyo game show, everybody only talks about, for the most part, outside of those couple companies that are there, the rest of it's all mobile all that's mobile
1: it's it's part of the it's part of the the landscape of, of gaming over there too where yeah. it, it's it's mostly mobile because space is limited mm-hmm. um a lot of people are on the move a, a lot of the time and they they have there's it's it's a lot of commuting it's a lot of public commuting where you're just sitting there staring at, at a wall or at somebody's butt if you're sitting yeah but cool. um <clears throat> I, I just wanted to see like with the ps with the ps3 and its infancy where it's a lot more of the or just with the ps3 in general, it's a lot more of the the RPG um, culture coming over with it and not just having the the Western developers in the forefront because
0: I, I still love my I still love my RPGs I love them yeah um I, I, like I said I, I agree with you completely I mean I, it's nice to see a lot of changes happening to RPGs because as much as I love a lot of the old ones, and, like, we talk about, like, things like Final Fantasy, like, 6, mm-hmm. so Final Fantasy 3 to Western, or U.S. audiences. U.S. audiences, yeah. So, but, I mean, like, we still talk about that game a ton. Like, mm-hmm. that's a great game. Chrono, uh, Chrono Trigger is another huge one. But, like, it, I, and those games, don't get me wrong, they're still a ton of fun. Like, you know, I still love, like, you know, Final Fantasy 7 and 10 and a couple of the other ones out there, and, like, games like Dragon's Quest and all. And mm-hmm. But nowadays, like... As you get older, it's also hard to sit down with a lot of these games, and it's nice to see them starting to realize it's time to make some changes in those games Yeah. to keep them a little bit more active and help and grow those brands. Like Bravely Default did a beautiful yeah, job. Bravely Default
1: did a beautiful job. Um, Capcom actually did make the the transfer over to towards the Western audiences with Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, it was a fantastic game. It, it it was Capcom that was Capcom's answer to Skyrim. As much as I hate Capcom fighters. Because they do Super Turbo Alpha Extra <laughs> EA+. Plus.
0: Speaking of, I'll, I'll throw it in here and I'll let you jump back to Dragon's Dogma. Um, Yoshirini Ono, the guy, the head that was behind Street Fighter. I can never pronounce his first name. Um, apparently his new game is getting unveiled tonight too at Tokyo Game Show. And apparently it's a PS4 exclusive. So, and then... Uh, is it, it going to have and like that's six, not, it's not deep down either. We do know that. And we know have, it's not a fighter.
1: Is it going to have like six um, six titles after it? Because <laughs> um, they, they didn't release the final game.
0: Uh, Odo only did um, Street Fighter Four, I think. I think everything. So else... they didn't have
1: any say, six other titles attached to the ti- uh, attached to the main title. <sighs>
0: well, that's that goes back to always fucking Street Fighter Two for fuck's yeah. sake.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, that was the last draw. Like Street Fighter Four was the last <laughs> draw, and well, it was Street Fighter and Ultimate MVC Three. Ultimate uh, MV- MVC Three, where it was, it, that those were the last draws for me with Capcom. Tecmo is doing it too. Yeah, though. Capcom Fighters, where it's here's a game. Here's a game that you've been waiting for for a very long time. Like, especially with Marvel vs. Capcom, because 2 was fantastic. It was some of the tightest, most fun fighting gameplay that I've ever experienced. And they made us wait 11 years for the piece of shit that MVC3 was. And they're like, oh, sorry, that wasn't the finished product. Here's the finished product. Oh, wait, sorry, that's not the finished product. Here's a DLC.
0: No, Ultimate was done. The Ultimate was, though... No. Only thing they did, they didn't do anything additional on that one. They just said, here it is, and that's that. The, the downside was the fact of when it came out. But, like, in my opinion, nowadays, though, it's not much different, though, than how all the other fighting games are coming out now on PS3, even. Because if you look at it, like, Tecmo, like, and the so-called Team Digit that exists now, Dead or Life 4 has been out four times in the last year and a half,
1: that's you're, you're also talking about. Dead or Alive. I know it has its fan base, but it's it's not one of the top fighters anymore. Really,
0: it's not. But even still, like Ultimate, Th- like Marvel over uh, MVC three wasn't a top tier when it came out because it has to find its own fan base first.
1: It had a it had a pre existing fan base and two, which which is the problem because it it fucked all those pre exist the, the pre existing fan base and then it fucked them again by completely changing the system. Well, it's like
0: uh, melee to brawl brawl that's the yeah, same thing same.
1: it fucked us and it it fucked the, the 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 smash fan uh fan base to the point where the where somebody in the fan base went i'm going to make a program to change how brawl
0: works and if you are part of the wii modding community that's called project m and i highly recommend getting your hands on copy of brawl because and project if- m and playing it because they do a beautiful job. Because take, that game.
1: it takes Brawl and converts it into Melee. Actually, that's a, to a, to a that's a great
0: segue. To a T. That's a great segue. Guess what I had my hands on today? What? I played Smash Brothers for 3DS. Oh, really? I did. I got a chance to play the demo. Uh, my coworker actually got one because his friend is a, a um, Club Nintendo Platinum member, so he got his his three codes. He got his codes? He got his codes. Uh, I was like, i a few points short for this year, so I didn't get mine. But I did get a chance to play three or four rounds. Um even on three I got to say this: there's one one great, but apparently that it's completely changeable. Uh, the control scheme feels a little weird at first. Uh, if you know your normal, um, well, it's it's
1: trying to make the transition from from like the the from the the cube controller to the even with the classic or
0: or yes, and I'll, I'll explain though. There's a good reason. There's a very weird Japanese thing that they didn't transition for the U.S. audiences. Um, Like you know like how like if you play a Japanese game for like PS PS from PS one to current time. Circle is the equivalent of RX over there. Oh yeah, I know
1: I I know I know that there's there's certain button layouts that are standard for them and then there's our standard layout.
0: Okay, I'll put it this way, when you take a like uh the traditional layout that's on an Xbox One pad or a or a PlayStation DualShock controller. Um, Where you have your your cross buttons, basically, like you have your square, circle, X, triangle, or your A, B, X, Y, whatever it is. Um, The bottom set of buttons, um, that normally in your brain is jump, correct? Yeah. Across the bottom. Your jump would be usually the very bottom keystone button.
1: It's your X or your A key. Okay. A A button. I think A, A on Xbox...
0: Yes, the yeah. bottom one. Yeah, because it's, it's A, B, X, Y is their, their layout. So uh, while Super Nintendo is that flip, it's Y, X, then B, A. Um, but Smash Brothers on the 3DS is fucking weird. It's really fucking weird because your D-pad is your taunts.
1: Well, yeah. It's, it's always been the, the... Well, yeah,
0: your D-pad is your taunts, and then you've got your slide pad is obviously your normal moveset. Mm-hmm. You've got a, your left... Shoulder button is your throw. Your right shoulder button is your shield. Yeah, so that's fine. Um, but your A B buttons on the bottom are both your uh, attacks, not your jumps. So you're reaching up for your jumps. Feels a little weird, but apparently you can go in and switch okay.
1: them. Yeah, well, that makes sense because the the, uh, the A and B buttons were always. It, that's and your, your attack button. That, your, that was
0: the layout for that. But like for this, I will tell people And then it was your,
1: your X and Y's were your jumps. And that that actually like feels natural going from the cube controller because your X and Y, which were above the A and B buttons. Right. So you, you jump with those and then
0: I will say based on it because it's more of a normal traditional controller layout, I will say it felt off. Yeah. That way. And like I've played a ton of games that style. I've played a lot of melee. I played Brawl. Um it felt like it was reversed. It, felt, yeah, it, it, felt, it, it felt, felt very reversed and didn't feel right. You can go in and change those things. Um, up is still your jump. Yeah. Uh, I will say this though, for 3ds, holy shit, it was lightning fast. The characters looked great. It moved incredibly quick. Um, it was drastically faster than Brawl, and I mean drastically faster yeah, than Brawl.
1: That that's that that was the problem with uh, Brawl. A lot of people had with Brawl was it felt floaty.
0: Yeah, and I will tell you this, Dale. Um, when you get kicked up into the air, it's the same. It, it's seriously a good middle ground between the float from Brawl and Melee. It's a right in the middle. Um, but all the other moves were lightning quick. The character models looked fantastic. Uh, it, it is unless you, I, I will say this: if you don't have an XL, I guarantee you're going to have a really hard time with this game because you're looking at a lot of character models. It's only yeah, your top you- screen. Your bottom screen is other stuff. Yeah,
1: there's there's just so much there, there there's just so much going on in Brawl anyways that you just need to have. Yeah and the screen size
0: and it's off to an amazing sales in japan already they they launched on friday they've already broke a million sales on 3ds so they're doing i, I
1: can believe it because it, it's the, the way that people have been talking this game up and the way that the, it's been marketed that it, it it's the smash brothers that we we've been waiting for since melee
0: yeah and everybody said this definitely has the ability to match melee for competitive play um I listened to a really nice review today from a company... Uh, it was The Escapist Magazine. So if you're listening to Zero Punctuation with a, yep. uh, you know Yahtzee... Um, on their podcast, they did discuss this little really heavily. And they did say when they played this game in E3... Uh, the game was very floaty. It felt a little bit more closer to Brawl. Um, but they have the final copy for the Japanese release. Um, and they did say officially that it seems like they balanced and changed a lot based off of the people that played that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they have the Smash Invitational, so my, it sounds like they, what yeah, we they, were hearing rumors of is the hot, top-tier players really talked to them, and they actually made the changes. And it seems is, like that gameplay is right. There's which, no crap tripping anymore. Mm-hmm. They they fixed a lot of the stuff. And every, they said every character in that game feels 100% different, minus the old clone characters that we know of. Mm-hmm. Um, they did enough to change them, but they said it feels good. They said it feels really good, and they said there's an obscene, obscene amount of modes in that game, um,
1: which is great. I just, I just like the classic. I just like the classic brawl, uh, classic Smash.
0: Yeah, and um, I am hearing right off the bat that uh, as soon as Duck Dog- Hunt Dog comes on stage, he of course does laugh. <laughs> and, but nice. oddly enough, that's not a taunt. Oh, that's that's, that's a, a problem then. A, yeah, I don't get that. I don't understand how that's not a taunt in that game. DLC.
1: Yeah, if Nintendo ever actually knew how to do DLC. Uh,
0: you know what? I, I we did have this conversation too. I, I do commend them totally for um, the how they're doing Mario Mario Kart Eight yeah. um, characters, characters, so I, I characters. I,
1: decided, like the amount of content that you get in your, for, the DLC for, for that the price, price point. Is fantastic. You get the the, the what the, the four courses and the. Uh, no, it's it's going to be
0: between. If you buy the pack, it's eleven ninety nine. You're getting four cups, which means four races a cup. So you're getting uh you're getting sixteen tracks. Uh, sixteen tracks and four carts. Uh, four carts per pack. Per pack, yeah. So you're going to get eight new carts and then uh, a total of six new racers. Uh, and only three, really it's three, three racers. racers. Um,
1: three. The other three are reskins, basically. Yep. That they're marketing as new characters. Yeah, it's
0: uh, Dry Bones Bowser. So, a normal Dry Bones, um, but Bowser. Then it was, like, what? Um, Catsuit Mario? Cat, and...
1: Yeah. Or, yeah, Catsuit Mario and Cat... or No, Tanuki Mario. Tanuki Mario. And Cat Peach. Cat Peach. It's basically Peach with fucking cat ears.
0: Yeah. So, it's a... Uh, so, which is disappointing, but I mean, it does sound cool. That it sounds like we're gonna be getting a F Zero level and maybe an Excite Bike right. level. We know uh,
1: we, we know the Blue Falcon, Blue going. Falcon
0: from F Zero. So, Captain Falcon's ride is gonna be in the game, which is really cool. Um, I really, really hope that we get to see an Epona sport bike because I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, we have this. We the have Yoshi, the Yoshi sport, bike, sport bike. So, yeah, um, we need
1: an uh, Epona uh, sport bike. Um, Cap, Captain Falcon needs to make his appearance in it at some point.
0: No one who I want to see too. I want to see Game and Watch.
1: I'd love to see gaming watching that. I like. I'd like to see you. I'd like to see Nintendo actually like put like characters in and not just skins and people from Animal Crossing.
0: I guess it's gonna really depend. Like ultimately, I hope it's not. I mean, like not too many, too often where you see like this amount of content come out for a game. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if they're gonna continue to support it after this. I would think they're going to because of Amiibo support. It makes a lot of sense, which I have a problem. I hate the Amiibo system. No, I agree with you. I, it, I, it's
1: I it's really it's just it's Nintendo not really know knowing how cloud uh, saves how cloud saves work or how like a network save actually mm-hmm. works or basically how a network works because they have to do these RFID Skylander figures pretty much to to transport data. It's I mean it's cool. It'd be a cool peripheral to have. Along with actually having like network, like sense. if I'm
0: like, ah, oh, fuck, I forgot my figurine, and I'm like, it's cool, I can just pull it from yeah. the network.
1: Or if you're going to like a tournament or something, or or if you're going to a place that doesn't have like that network access that you but need for, it, so you just go, okay, here's my here's well, my data. That's
0: the funny thing though, too, because like it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I commend them for doing this because I think it's going to be great for tournament scene. If this new Smash takes off really well, if you have the 3ds version of that game. That does two things for you if you own the Wii U version. You can upload your characters that you built up through Smash Run, which is where you can level your characters. Yep. And you can dump them to your Amiibo if you want, but you can also upload them to Wii U. You can also use your 3DS as a controller on Wii U. So if you get really accustomed in the month and a half or two months that that version's out, and you're like, I, I, I already have these characters down, I know how they play. hmm and I'm good and comfortable with these controls, then you're on the ground running. I mean, that's great for tournaments, though. If they want to have a 3DS tournament and a Wii U tournament, you have everything you need for right there. You don't need yeah. a fucking amiibo figure to move your character over, especially if they're going to do upgrade character fights. Mm-hmm. Um, same way with, like, the Me Fighters. Like, you can do everything you want with that. I mean, I will say, the figurines look good. It's a good price point. It's, like, dollars 1199 a figure. And there's not a lot of good Nintendo figurines outside of yeah. Mario, the Mario world. Yeah, like I want a really good looking Metroid figure. I'd love to have that on my bookshelf somewhere.
1: Well, yeah. like, I, I have the I have the problem with the Amiibo thing with the Amiibo thing where it's they're not really it, they don't really address the problem the problem that they don't really understand networking.
0: Right, and I think honestly, the Amiibos it, it, they could have done one other thing with Amiibos to win me over, and that's they have this amazing lineup of classic games. And if those Amiibo figures had said, "Hey, this character is from fucking Metroid." and I buy, like, a Ridley or a fucking Mother Brain or a Metroid or a Samus or a Zero Suit Samus, I buy their figure, I get a fucking voucher for Metroid. That's a $5 game. It doesn't cost Nintendo anything to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, I and it's a good way for them to get brand recognition as far as what they're doing, if they're really doing everything they can to save the system. And granted, we all know Smash Brothers is going to do a lot for them. Yeah. And they actually, surprisingly enough, oddly out of the three companies, have one of the best first-party lineups going into the holiday
1: season. Uh, they... Uh... Out of the three companies, they're the only
0: one that really has has a has a lineup. They have four top tier games they, that they're going to release. They're this year. the
1: only one that really has a lineup, and they're the only one that really specializes in their
0: first party lineups. And that's one thing I will say is like as much slack as Wii U does get, Nintendo has found a way, oddly enough, to ramp up their first party development and enough to support their system almost on their own. Mm-hmm. And I give them credit for that. Um, like I said, you know they've got well, they're they're kind of bolstering it with 3ds, but. Well, I mean, they've got 3DS there to help yeah. them out a bit. But most, they're even losing a lot of support now, too. Um, but, I mean, like, you look at it, um, you know, they've got uh, Zelda Hyrule Warriors, which is obviously just Dynasty Warriors-free War. skin. But, yeah. I mean, everybody's saying it's fun. It's selling so, it's, it's, so it's, well. It's Dynasty, it, it's Zelda Dynasty Warriors. So it's, it's going it, to be like the Gundam a, it, Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, it's a fan service version of Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. And if you like those games, and you, you want a good fucking hack and slash, and I'll have it for extra life, and I'm sure we'll sit down and play it for a little bit. They're, they're gonna have that. They'll have Bayonetta, uh, which comes with Bayonetta 1 and 2. Yeah, which is, which will like, be fun. They did they, a they, fun game. I, I don't like that they bought, or that, that they're, that, uh, Nintendo is the only one willing to pick up. Bayonetta. Yeah, and because they open it up to anybody to have, come out there and say, hey, help us make Bayonetta 2, and Nintendo's the one that stepped up. And they're like, okay, well, fine, then we're going to make it. And they said if it wasn't for Nintendo, Bayonetta 2 would have never happened. And I'm like, you, you know is- what, I own a Wii U, I, I'm happy I get to play Bayonetta 2. But if I know a lot of other people, then just go back and play Bayonetta 1. It's all good. Yeah, and I, I love Bayonetta. Yeah. and I'm sure I, you'll come over and I'll drink play- with me, and we'll, we'll play Bayonetta.
1: Yeah. Um. I And it's it's a great thing that they did with Bayonetta when they picked it up too, when they 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 said that you're going to get the get going to get bayonetta 1 and 2 with when you purchase bayonetta 2 it's fantastic it's going to introduce a whole new fan base to the bayonetta franchise which is fantastic um and it it, it beats having to play the two uh primary Uh, The primary game and its sequel on
0: two different systems. And the nice thing is, too, um, if you watched back around their E3 presentation, when they did bring up Bayonetta 2, they did say that there are going to be some special uh, costumes that are going to be in Bayonetta 1. Uh, That was, um, let's see, Samus. There was going to be a Link. There was going to be Peach. um, uh, Peach and Daisy, apparently. So it's just going to be a palette swap. But, um... There also apparently is a fourth, and it's not just Bayonetta 1, it's also Bayonetta 2. There's also gonna be a Star Fox one. Nice. But they also said they added special stuff for each one. So um I think they mentioned that uh Bayonetta's guns for uh the Star Fox costume. They look like our wings. Nice. So I mean like they added a lot of fun little things. I think like uh you there's like a, a Bowser fist comes down for a pound instead of the a hair fist when you're as peach. So they added a little fun kind of mm-hmm. aesthetic, so it's kind of cool. And
1: it's like with with the uh, Bayonetta thing. That's that's the type of thing where like when ex- exclusivity comes into it, it's that's the like one of the that's exceptions, how you do it. That that's one of the exceptions that I have for the whole
0: exclusivity thing. If you can help make the game because it's, the game is not going to get made any other way, that's how you do it. You yeah. don't do it just to take it away from everybody else. Like that's how a lot of the fan or, out yeah. fan community came out when they said. Batonetta 2 is a Wii U exclusive, it was like, go fuck yourself. But I when know. they said, hey, nobody else was willing to make this game, and we couldn't afford to make it as Platinum Games, and Sega wasn't going to give us the money to do it, Nintendo offered to front the rest of the funds to make this game. It's a big then, difference than Square Enix yeah. and Crystal Dynamics saying, we can't make Tomb Raider 2. Bullshit. Yeah. They're, they're, they had every bit of funding that they needed to make that. It's just, Microsoft was like, we're going to pony up and pay your marketing costs, and you're gonna sell your game we're, exclusively. We're, yeah, we're going to we're going to buy your soul. Yeah, pretty much. We're gonna buy your soul so you can be our uncharted to go up against uncharted.
1: It's it's when the system helps helps the gaming community instead of taking things away from them. That's that's when that's when that's where I draw the line.
0: No, I agree with you. I, I mean, that's it goes back to a lot of that discussion of of what's what's right with exclusivity. Uh, I mean. I, I, you know what? Like, I really wish that, like, when another console generation or two, we'd finally get to a point where maybe we can stop fucking worrying about all this crap. And like, you know what? I would kill for a single infrastructure.
1: I I would kill for some cross genning from fucking or not cross or cross cross cross. I, I I would kill for some cross
0: cross um, cross by
1: cross by between not not cross network, but cross by or cross networking or cross something between Xbox. And PC because I would love to play with and because and this is the time to do it because the Xbox one is and the ps4 are basically they're just ps they're just computers mm-hmm. they're they're computers now with proprietary OS's on them you you look at the specs they're seven eight hundred dollar gaming rigs yeah that's that's what they are um th- there's no real huge technology difference between the pc and and the, the the gen the current gen systems
0: right no it's very true um and
1: I, w- I would love to be able to play with people who have who have xboxes i just and i don't own one because i will probably never own one because i just they don't, have any, they don't have any way to indice me because there's no game that they have that I'm like, oh, I need a system for that game. Or they don't have a lineup where I'm like, I need a system because I want to play those games on that system.
0: Right. And, I, you know, that's going to come in around year two, year three, which is the norm. I mean, like, it's not a big shock. But, like, right now, both companies don't have a ton behind them, uh, even going into year two for them. Um, Sony's got a couple that have me kind of enticed, like, Order 1886 could be good, could be bad. Uh, I'm not hearing a lot of great things about the gunplay in that game. I heard visually it's one of the best looking games yeah. that's ever been made. I haven't really seen a whole lot about
1: 1886. I've seen, like, your basic E3 gameplay stuff, and that, that heard, was very,
0: like. I heard the guns feel weak. I heard the guns don't feel like they have the, the power behind them that they should, where it also, it feels a little bit more like a shooting gallery, uh, and it's very reminiscent of early Gears of War not even like later years of war where they that's, turned things that's, up
1: that's the thing where that's the thing when I was watching the all the gameplay demos on e 3 it's like it looks like gears
0: yeah um but you know I, I will say this still I still like gears and they they still have until February to get the game out so I'm hoping that the polish does what they wanted because they originally this was slated for this holiday season so they got an extra three four months to to make the game what they wanted it to be so hopefully that goes through because Sony Ben's a good studio they did an amazing job with uh Uncharted Golden Abyss on Vita, it felt just like an Uncharted game with a couple added flares. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really hope they do a great job with it. And then outside of that, too, you've got, uh, I mean, the big game I guess everybody's looking forward to from Sony exclusively is uh, Bloodborne, which is your Dark Souls crowd. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, that's from software. It's,
1: and apparently it's going to kick you in the balls harder than Demon Souls did.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I heard they scaled it back, but they said it's a different kind of scale back. They said the game is still just as hard, but it's they said it. This game is not quite the same as uh, Demon Souls or Dark Souls,
1: which, which is fine. It's it's don't, just don't scale back on that difficulty. No, they said that's
0: still there. They said that's that's if, nothing to worry about. If
1: you if you want to make a game within like that same like that same like realm of dark gritty like night medieval combat, but like you want to. You want to make a different game, just don't scale back the difficulty. Right,
0: and um, I think if memory serves correctly, today too we did find out that uh, uh, Guerrilla Games, the guys that made Killzone, uh, Horizon's the name of the next game from them. Um, that's something that's apparently very close to being very deep. That's apparently their open world. I think it's. I don't know if it's an action RPG, RPG, but I don't know if it's a futuristic setting or fantasy. But we've been hearing a lot about that for a while. Behind closed doors, so I'm wondering if that's going to show up at TGS because uh, a lot of information, like blurbs, came out about that. Mm -hmm. It's got to, it's
1: it's really got to sell it in something to be something new and different.
0: I have been hearing one thing, and I've really got my fingers crossed. Apparently, there's been also a lot of rumblings that TGS. There's three games from Sony that have been unannounced that we're going to be seeing. Something from at least one or two of them. And we know they're not Last Guardian. They did not officially kind of finally come out and also say Last Guardian is a PS4 game. And it's moving along incredibly well. And they said they're going to wait to show it until it's closer to being closer to release. Not to tease people because they said they thought it was unjust to do with the game. Like, the
1: unjust to do what they've been doing to us for the last, what, six years?
0: We only saw it once. We only ever saw that game once. It was their damn fault for showing it when they did.
1: Um, we saw it once, but the, everyone kept on talking about it.
0: That's the problem. It's kind of like you have No Man's Sky. It just didn't come out for another five years. Everybody's like, what the fuck? Where's No Man's Sky? But um, but the game apparently is it's another JRPG. And it's a JRPG we haven't seen since PS1. Legend of Dragoon.
1: Ooh, yeah! I didn't know. I did hear about this. I, I heard hear that.
0: It. I heard there's heavily heavy rumblings that we're going to be seeing a sequel to Legend Dragoon getting announced potentially at TGS, if not shortly after. Um, which is, I'm, I gotta say, I'm very proud to see that Sony Sony Entertainment in Japan is actually considering that. It was a really yeah. good RPG. It...
1: Uh, no, continue. Oh, oh well,
0: then that, no, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I like when I saw that. I'm like, holy crap! That's impressive. Speaking of Dragoon, you know what
1: game that that Microsoft needs to make?
0: A Panzer Dragoon game? Yes. They did. And it was a terrible fucking game. They ruined the last two iterations. They made Panzer Dragoon Orda. Which was...
1: It wasn't bad. It was okay. It was it was okay.
0: But they made Cri- Crimson, Crimson Dragon, which was a Kinect game, which was a spiritual... No, you, s- don't,
1: you, don't, you don't do It was the same Kinect company game.
0: that made Panzer Dragoon. But the pro- the and problem they is, said it was a spiritual successor. The, the, they, pro- the problem is it, it was a Kinect game. Yeah. Well, you got to think about it too. Think about how many studios that Microsoft has. I really, you know, to, to, I, to listeners out there, I'm not trying to like stare and bash on Microsoft. I want to see amazing things from them. They have some great studios, but like, I also don't agree with a lot of what they're doing right now. Like, I want to see them climb out. Like, if you tell me what my favorite system was last gen, it would be an even tie between 360 and PS3. I have more franchises I like on PS3 because I've been playing since PS1 days, but. Xbox, I, it was yeah. fun. There was a lot of good, good gaming yeah, there.
1: There, there was a lot of good. There, it was a very balanced gaming atmosphere between the two systems. Right. Last gen, and I, I have, um, I, I have fond memories of playing things on the three hundred and sixty. And I was, I was lucky enough to have a roommate that had a three hundred and sixty, and I had the PS three, and we just. If we wanted to swap systems, we just kind of yeah. switch spots on the couch. It's and kind of like,
0: you know, everybody looks at, too. If you go through past generations, like, when you go back to the 8-bit, 8-bit era, everybody played NES. They didn't play Sega Master System. It was, you know, like, the the 16-bit era was very split, though. Like, that was the one that was, like, you were Super Nintendo or you were Genesis. And every once in a while, you had the mentally challenged kid that hit themselves in the head with a fucking frying pan. It was like, I got a termographic system. But- I have a Jaguar. <laughs> So I mean, like you have that, but I mean, then you bump up to where things really split across the board with the N sixty four because N sixty four had great fun games. Mm-hmm. Then the Saturn died, <laughs> it, but PlayStation was a really fun system. But people still were jumping between everything, and then like and you like move the, up PS two,
1: like you had like with PS two uh, the it, like the PlayStation the PlayStation one PlayStation two era when you had that 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 rivalry between uh, between Sony and Nintendo. And is sitting over on the side going, we have Dreamcast.
0: Oh, Dreamcast is still a great system. I don't care what and anybody says. And like,
1: everyone's like, Sega. <laughs> ha, ha, Sega. Ha,
0: you, ah, Sega. Pretty much. And meanwhile, Sega's going, but
1: we have the best system.
0: Uh Not the best system, but they did have a very competent system. They had, they, a, they, they, they just, had, they just fucked their, they, 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 they fucked themselves. They that was uh, the Sega Saturn is where they fell down a hole, and then they made a lot of mistakes yeah. in that and it just unfortunately carried into the end of them. But yeah, the,
1: the, the Dreamcast was the definitive place to go for fighters.
0: Right, and I will tell you this too: if you want a really good history about that, the 16-bit console war going into the 32-bit generation, highly recommend getting out there reading a book of Console Wars by Blake J. Harris. Um, there was a movie years back called the, the Late Shift that was about uh, who was going to take over the Tonight Show, Carson uh, from Carson. Uh, Leno or Letterman uh, this is pretty much the equivalent of that it's also going to be become two different movies there's going to be a more of a documentary edge and then there's going to be an actual dramatization of that book but it's uh, the nitty gritty of Super Nintendo versus Genesis and watching Playstation come into the fold and seeing more so from the perspective of Sega and watching how they could have taken over the industry but because they couldn't play Sega of America and Sega of Japan couldn't play nice and they kind of shot themselves in the foot Uh, so pretty much, you know, uh, I think we might as well try to kind of just wrap up there. Uh, we were originally only talking about doing like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just kind of Before. explaining what happened to the last last episode and um, kind of touching lightly on J1, Colin. But, um, you know, we ended up going into a whole well, spiel sure. about gaming, uh, So, well, I mean, it, which is always nice.
1: As it happens, but um, I just want to touch back on Destiny a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: I, you know what? Might as well. Yeah, we're we're as already well. close to a full-length full episode. It's just not kind of your normal... Uh, CCCP. Yeah. So
1: uh, it's 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 a makeup episode. Yeah,
0: So you're, you you get what you get, and we thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah.
1: But um, uh, back to Destiny. I, I just want to like I want to address some of the problems
0: with Destiny. Um, uh, can, I, can I can I kick off with my first big one? Okay. Um, Bungie, like I said, I uh, we we started discussing it before we went into our massive tangent that lasted almost an hour. Yeah. Um, story. Uh, I, I I'm. FPSs are not known for their story, and I understand that. Mm. But I will say this, though. Borderlands kind of spoiled me, where you can have a really yeah. good story in a game. Same thing with um, Halo. I mean, Halo had a really great story. Portal, yeah. fucking Half-Life. All these games have an amazing story. Bungie was responsible for making one of the largest franchises, which is the Halo universe. And it's a universe for a reason, because people view it that way. Um, I mean, if you gave me the gameplay of... Mass Effect Three, like the multiplayer of Mass Effect Three, but there was never that story behind yeah. Mass Effect. That game wouldn't have meant shit to me, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the that's the, the truth of it. Yeah, and that, I think that's a good that that's
1: that's a good way that, that Mass Effect did it. They they kept it a single player story through one and two, and then implemented a, a multiplayer in three. But it, they kept it PVE.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that was what was good. It was basically a really nicely well done and crafted Horde mode. And it worked well. It was fun to play. You had your waves. Everything worked well. Destiny, again, it, it, the problem is they throw a story in. And granted, they did it better than Titanfall, where Titanfall was like, Bleh, here's, like a,
1: here, here's 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 some, kind of a story, but like a here's Dest- narration over like a, a landing scene, but, like
0: a land a, but, a, a, a drop zone. But Destiny's there is here's a bit of story during your loading scenes <laughs> as you head your missions. Yeah. That's 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 where most yeah. of the story is coming out. There's yeah. there's a handful of cutscenes in that game. The big one is the brother and sister of the Awoken. And what blows my fucking mind in this game is they're like, The Awoken, we're gonna go see the Awoken. My character is a fucking Awoken hunter. I know who the Awoken are. I'm fucking one of them, and they're treating it like nobody's ever seen this race or heard of them. Mm-hmm. They're a playable race in the game. If you're gonna do that crap, just Yeah pay attention to those motions, like mm-hmm. Well, most of the story came through the Dinklebot anyways. It did. And uh, the sad thing
1: is, though, like, that's... And, like, I, I understand why they did it, and I understand the problem with it, because it is a problem. Because it is a very big problem that you're, you're marking it this very grandiose game. But when I, I hit the level cap, and just going through story, co- story mode and, like, doing some strike missions, there really wasn't really much story there.
0: And I noticed, too, even when the cutscenes are on, I'm kind of like... Uh, I yeah, guess I'm gonna whatever. go get a drink here, like something. Because I can't skip it, and well, it's not even a, like your choice to skip or not, but like it just wasn't interesting. It
1: it gets to be a problem when you start rerunning
0: missions. missions. Oh, yeah, that, but that's a big thing. So it just was not interesting at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: and it, it it was.
0: They have a gorgeous universe. It was a prologue.
1: the the problem The problem with the story, the story or lack thereof in in Destiny as of right now, is it's a prologue it it feels like a problem and the problem is it feels like the bungie wants to do a an episodic uh an episodic game where they release it in portions uh over over the course of a year and they they continue this for destiny's plan for what
0: 10 years the their deal is the,
1: the, um the the franchise is planned for 10 the, fra-
0: years. the franchise has got a 10 year plan with activision but uh- I would say Destiny itself will probably have a two to three year lifespan, and it'll, 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 the servers will stay online. But I mean, you're talking ten years. Already a year in, these systems are going to have a new iteration already. Oh. Well before that.
1: Yeah, but and the problem, the problem with the story, it feels like it, it, they're trying to be episodic, but at like they're trying to be
0: episodic at sixty dollars an episode. That was that's a, that is a really big problem. I mean, if you're looking purely for a dust. Fun like loot drop gun, uh, like FPS game. You're gonna you'll get that. But if you were one of those people that were expecting this to be like the next chapter, like a start of the Halo universe all over again, you're not gonna get that.
1: No, you're not gonna get this. You're you're going you're getting an MMO. That's what you're getting.
0: Uh, and like I said, if you're looking for a big multiplayer suite, like Bungie, like I said, I will say this. I guarantee you're gonna see a lot of those players that are playing Destiny on Xbox 360. The moment like mid November hits and the Master Chief Collection comes out, I guarantee a lot of those people are gonna jump over there. Because I mean, Destiny—they have the Crucible for your PvP, but like uh, you were even telling me, there's like four modes in PvP. There's, there's
1: technically five,
0: but oh. even still, it's five in comparison to when you look at what Destiny's pre- or Bungie's previous track record is mm-hmm. across Halo, where they've got Oddball, Slayer. I mean, like CTF, like all. all. And I, and I fully believe that they're going to implement
1: more. I hope more so. modes I, I really, as, they, really as they go down the line, but it and the way it is right now. It's fine. I have, I have, I'm having a blast in the PvP, and if they continue to add like different game modes and and continue my experience, I'll be happy continually, continually giving them money for expansions and DLC and whatnot. Um, just the problem is right now it's like it's it's very MMO story. It's it's more and more the more and more I think about Destiny, the more and more it is an MMO. As much as as much as Destiny wants to, to to deny that it is an MMO, it is an
0: MMO. Um, I think you guys even touched about it in your last episode of CNP. Um, I think you guys were right. This, this really had the feeling of the hype that World of Warcraft had behind it. Yeah. Um, that's the downside for me, and I think some of the gamers that are a little bit older right now is the people that are in their thirties. You know, work the nine to five, have a family, and stuff like that. It's really tricky, and I think that's where the fault of this game really lies is their marketing team with or Activ- the marketing of Activision, not Bungie, because Bungie's not responsible for the marketing. Um, it's Activision on how they handled a lot of that, and they really should have been very upfront and said, this game, first and foremost, is an MMO over yeah. everything. Because anytime they said MMO, it was treated like a dirty word. Like, yeah. you're not allowed to say that when you talk about Destiny. But I I think there's a lot of people out there that the ones that like are buying into the new console generation for the first time or upgrading even an older system like a PS2 or a Wii or anything like that going into a new gen that haven't had track record with the beta or the alpha program that they ran, Mm -hmm. some of them are going to be very shocked because MMOs have not had a long history on console space. Uh, There's very few. There's there's, very
1: few and... and and they're not very memorable.
0: Yeah, they're not very well received. I mean, the most well received one I can remember in a very long time was oddly enough Elder Quest Adventures for PS Two. Surprisingly, had a very long life. Um, but I mean, like even still, like you know, you outside of that, you have like the Free Realms game and uh, like what uh, Final Fantasy Eleven. Uh, now you have Final Fantasy Fourteen, and then aside from that, is DC Universal
1: Line. and that's it. That's not just, a lot. Yeah, just a quick, uh, quick thing like. Talking about like cross uh, cross platform, um, Final Fantasy fourteen or uh, Realm Reborn is cross platform.
0: It plays with PC. Yeah, it I Plays mean, with PC. It's well, Destiny. Destiny's not even on PC though. It's, it's not it, even on PC. It's, it's, it's console based, but it's a yeah. shame that you can't at least like if you have friends on PS three, can't play with PS four. They, they
1: made they they did make the statement that you you can't play between. The, it's different network infrastructures. No, 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 it's not. Oh, okay. Uh, Bungie came out and said that it's going to. They're they're trying to prevent. Um, it, it's technically a technical issue.
0: Well, it's gra- graphical capabilities of the systems. Yeah, too. it's gra-
1: it, it's capabilities of the systems going. Okay, a headshot is this many pixels on this system, which makes which, plenty of And sense. and a headshot is this many pixels on 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 the other system because through system limitations, and people, it's going to be like two or three pixels
0: bigger. But that's still that that could be a headshot or a miss.
1: Yeah, and and no, it's going to be a headshot or body shot. But and, and and like they're trying to prevent the whole like. The whole oh bullshit technical blah 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 blah. That's why I lost bullshit, and it's it's fine. It's I, I fully understand the reasoning behind it. It makes sense. I do
0: understand. It's just a shame yeah. that we don't. Have it, that it's anymore.
1: just it's just the shame that I can't like quest with. I can't quest with my friends on PS3. Yeah. Um, and uh, same,
0: same thing with... Uh, we have we have a nice group of friends that have Xbox Ones, too. Yeah. It's a shame that I can't play play with them, too. Um, I mean, I think that's what our gamers have just wanted for a long time. And my brain always goes back to... Uh, Christ, it was an E3 like three or four years ago when uh, they were still using um, the Kevin Butler character for Sony. And he came out with his epic speech. And this is kind of like... Where he came out talking about gamers. And it didn't matter what console flag you flew... When it comes down to the end of the day, we're all gamers, and that's yeah. that's the important part. We're, we're all here to game, and it, the the greatest thing is going to be the day when we all get to be able to play a game like this across all those consoles, yeah. and it doesn't matter who's got the content or what or any of that stuff, but still, like, mm-hmm. Destiny ultimately is still a really great game, but if you're not prepared for an MMO, there's a high chance you will regret that $60 expenditure yep. after you hit the level cap.
1: Yep. um, And, like... It it really just it needs to be put out there that it is an MMO and okay. that 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 is the core of its system.
0: I mean, and like I said, I know a lot of the other things too. Like I I can think of one of the other big downsides I know I personally had and I addressed it with you and you thankfully kind of alleviated a little bit of that, but you still agreed with me too was um, when you're playing Destiny, like level twenty is the primary main game end cap as far as story it, it, stuff it's the, so- it, 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 it's the it, soft cap yeah it, it continues beyond that you know with the end game content which is rolling out weekly yeah um, and, and it then, sounds like they have a really good plan for yeah that they, they
1: have a fantastic plan there's there's
0: going to be about five or six events every month that they're going to release weekly right so you're gonna get roughly two pieces of content every week that'll that. keep your game fresh, but you also still have things like bounty crucible yeah. Vanguard missions like to keep you busy yeah. so. and like you have to you have to grind to get to that point to be able to play
1: them which is Okay, you you have to grind for eight, basically eight levels right. worth of gear, um, and and like they're they're not lacking in content. It's it's the, they're rolling it out. They're rolling it out. They're doing it a positive way. Evenly, point.
0: it's like it's where games like um uh Final Fantasy fourteen and uh Tor uh like uh The Old Republic yeah then, they both very failed in uh, oh god a real quick small interjection they announced what. Version 3.0 of the Old Republic is going to be, and I think I may start playing. It's fucking Revan is the big bad, so the original Knights of the Old Republic, your character is the huge bad that you're going to be dealing with, and it's the big end game con- content. I'm like, I could possibly jump into that shit. Don't don't tell. Kat. <laughs> I know, I know, but still. So going back though, um, they're doing a really good job with their end game content. Even if you're not a big MMO player, you can still have a great time soloing, and you can have a good time in fire teams or. Either but, or with a crucible.
1: But at the, at, at, at the end of the day, um, when you get to, down to the end game content, you're going to have to team up. Right. You're going to have to. F- and, and you're going to have to be the appropriate level or you're going to run into the same problems that, that like, the PC MMO players have. Is where if you're not
0: geared enough, if you're not at the you're appropriate level,
1: trouble. you're going to be in trouble and people will hate you for it.
0: Mm-hmm. And... One of the the uh, but there is another big huge glaring issue, and you and me actually both kind of agreed exactly what the problem was when we talked on Sunday when we were um, on our way to J one. Mm-hmm. Um, Destiny suffers from what we both kind of decided to refer to as the Dragon Age two issue. Yes, um, it, it does I, suffer. I, from I, I that. think that's a really clear statement. If you've never played Dragon Age two, the big criticism that game received. So Dragon Age: Kirkwall. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Dragon Age Origins. It is definitely not as much loved as um Mass Effect. I mean, a lot of people will agree that but for a fantasy fantasy RPG, that game was beautifully done. There was a lot of great content. It was seriously one yeah. of the best stories I've played in a very long time. I, and
1: I won't deny that Dragon Age is a fantastic game in and of te- itself.
0: It has the technical the, issues all over the place. It, it There's slowdown the, all over the place, but it it's the, a great game.
1: It has the technical issues because the it has the technical issues for me because I was watching my roommates play it on on console. It was, that game was built for PC. It was built for PC and they didn't do anything when they brought it over for console other right. than like kinda of map some things, the buttons. And right. It it wasn't a good transition from PC to console.
0: It's still it's still very playable. It's still a really good story. And the story well if it catches you, you will look past the, the limitations the systems like, had.
1: I, I watched I watched both my roommates play through the entire game and I loved the story. I absolutely love it. I just I would hate playing the game. Whereas the problem with Dragon Age 2 and, and the problem with Destiny, where it is is it, it felt very light and felt very... Like, the story and the settings felt very rushed.
0: Right. So, I mean, the best way I can kind of put it... So, once you reach about a level 12 or 13 in the game, you will already have the entire map structure of that game unlocked.
1: Like, once, once you get... Once you complete like two, two or three missions in each world that that's opened up. Yeah, once
0: once your your two mission story missions into Venus, you you will have the rest of the game un, uh, unlocked. At level ten, Venus unlocks level twelve. Mars unlocks at that point in time. You have Earth, the Moon, Venus, Mars, and then the the Reef, which could be something in maybe one of the DLCs. I'm hoping.
1: Yeah, which is I, I'm thinking it's going to be uh, an expansion. The, the an expansion will just. Open up the reef to because that's that's the edge of the light in the dark so that that's a vast area for conflict
0: which and that's I think where a lot of people are wanting to see but but the problem ultimately is to Earth if you played the beta everything that was in the beta that was one quarter of that game there's no question about that that was one and, that was one quarter of the story of that game
1: and if you if you look at like the settings of that game that trend continues to each and every world where. You play two missions, and then you've seen the entire world.
0: And That's true. Actually, the sad thing is, too, once you get actually... The Earth is actually the most thought out. Um, At least your mission structures for the stories are stretched out across the planet. When you go into places like the moon, the moon is actually a very repeatable environment. Um, They refer to an area as the Hellmouth. And you
1: just just constantly go back to the Hellmouth.
0: Every story mission is specifically in that place. So, like, you'll start off a level like seven or eight story mission and you go to this ship and you'll be on the first floor and then go to the floor below. And then you'll complete your mission structure. You'll have your dark zone and you'll complete that mission. You kick out to the menu. You can to go to the tower and go to your next mission. Um, you go to the back and they're like, we have to go back to the Hellmouth." You do the first floor, the second floor, then you go to the third floor. You complete your mission you kick out. Now you choose your next mission. Now you're onto the fourth floor. So you constantly was, keep hitting this environment. Just, and then the problem
1: is you keep going back and forth to it and you can't just like go, okay, I'm just I, I just want to pick up everything for the hellmouth and just go just go right through it.
0: Right. You and can't that, do that. Yeah, you can't you can't hit that point because you always have that 30-second or 20-second counter saying the mission's about to end for your strike team and you're going to get kicked out. I would have rather have had the ability to say, hey, I'm going to continue questing and cash in all my stuff when I decide to, I'm done questing. Um, yeah. But even you'll even notice, though, specifically, very clearly on uh, the moon, if you do your patrol missions... Uh, The moon is a very small area. There's not a lot to do. You go back to the same areas over and over and over. You'll hit the same beacons. Venus is the same way. Same
1: way. Mars is the same way. Uh, And Earth, oddly,
0: is the largest, but unfortunately everything is so low level that by the time you're there, you don't want to spend time there. The strike
1: missions are the same
0: way. There's there's currently, if you're playing the Xbox 360 version, I believe you have um, three strike missions to play. If you're playing the PS4 version, they have the exclusive content, so they have currently four strike missions. There's another one getting added, what, next? week i believe
1: um i maybe um or probably. this
0: this week i believe they had an additional strike mission so it'll bump yeah. each them up so xbox have, uh, xbox four and playstation yeah. software will have five yeah the,
1: the strike the strike playlist the vanguard strike playlist are a ran are a random uh strike mission at a certain level like you have once you get level what 15 or 16 they open up
0: uh, I believe it's sixteen.
1: Sixteen, and it's uh, there's four levels. There's the level eighteen, level twenty, level twenty two, and level twenty four right now. And you just it's it's a random strike mission. Yeah. And they just keep on. You can just keep on rolling through, but you run into the problem of a random number generator where you could fight the same
0: strike mission right like three times in a row. Which and there's not a lot a of numbers to choose from, so yeah. that probability is high. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, you know, ultimately, like you said, as, as much as it seems like. We're bashing on this game. This game is a lot of fun if you like, choose it to be fun.
1: I've been having a but, blast with it. I've I've absolutely loved this game because it, it is an MMO that, and I wanted I, I'm I'm part of the MMO Anonymous group, where I was a WoW addict. I, I was, I was an MMO addict, and spent a lot of time in there. And I I was, I wanted to get out of the out of the gaming out of the MMO scene because it just it ate up too much of my life and it was just it was bad for me it really just was just bad for me
0: and like like i said that's timid viewpoint for me it's a good game it's a good game i would never me personally does not view it as one of the greatest games i've played or a game i'm absolutely in love with but i do like playing that game i enjoy it when i'm playing even solo or if i'm grouping but for me i've never been the mmo person but it's a good game and it's hard like it's a really good strong game but for me, I personally know because I'm not the MMO type. The moment that games like Shadows of Mordor, if that game ends up becoming what the critics are saying, that may take my attention away. Well, that's fine. Fu- that's fine. It's right. a,
1: I, I just want to go back to one one thing where, sure. where I, was, I was trying to make a point. Where it was like, even though I was was in that scene and I, I did want to get out of it because it, it was an addiction, I, I destiny brought me back into it, and I have I can put the the great part about. Destiny, with uh, being an MMO is that I can put it down. I can put it down and go live my life. and Because just the way that
0: it's structured. They do a nice job. I will, I will openly admit, I've never felt... I, I, I'll tell you this note. Day three, after the game was released, because I played very heavily with you and Lucci on uh, the day of release. Um, because I was in the hospital the day before, and I was still recovering, and I had lots of time to game. Um... The day after, I wanted to play too, but I really didn't play too much. But I missed that 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 second day, or no, I played a lot of the second day. I take that back. The, third, the third day, day. You I missed- did. I had the MMO thing though that happened in my brain because it's in my brain. It's still an MMO, and I looked at you guys online, and you have your strike team. It was just- you, Nightmare, and Lucci, and I'm like, you guys are level twenty one. Or level twenty twenty one, I'm like, well, I'm still at thirteen, and I felt like I missed so much that it. But like, I, I understand the game does a really nice job that you can still group and get and the it, XP that you your character should be getting, and your your end gets the XP mm-hmm. that you should be getting, and that's great. But ultimately, when you look at it though, it still limits your options, and that's that's the downside of MMOs, especially in the console mm-hmm. space.
1: It limits your options, but at the same time, it does it does a great it does a great job with just instantly being able to team up with your friends. They do. Instantly teaming up with your friends. And
0: I will say, before we close the podcast out, I'm very excited to see where this game is going to be in six months from now. Um, I really hope it's supported as well as they are are, um, supporting it already. Um, You know, at at release, yeah, it was missing some stuff, but if their plan is to release solid content throughout...
1: Yeah, I would be extremely happy to not have them fall into the MMO trap where they have this huge grandiose game at the beginning and then we see nothing for it, except for yeah. like minor patches here and there I would like to
0: see that story that they they gave us the prologue to expand find out who the yeah. traveler really is and see what that's all about
1: and and that's why I, I I'm I'm actually like I'm actually hold um actually holding my breath for this one so it's like we have the prologue in the in the in the original and that in in the the actual release of destiny and then we we gear up to get to the next point, and then we gear up to get to the next next point of the story, and then gear up to get to the next point of the story.
0: My hope is kind of like it's like a cliffhanger of a TV show. Every yeah. episode, it's like here's the next part, and then we're like, okay, I gotta wait three months. Then it's gonna come out. I, that's the reason I want to come back, not because. Well, I just want to level my like, gear and play it like a loot game, but like I want the story to be an active part of why we're coming back to the game. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and you, I think they have the ability to do they it. They have the ability
1: to. Here's the kicker: if they don't deliver on their next like actual expansion of the story, that's that's going to be the make or break. It for Destiny. It'll, it'll
0: make this game the next Titanfall, yeah. uh, where everybody talked about Titanfall really heavily for a month, and then after that, it was done. Um, it's
1: it's where they go next. If they deliver on the next part of the story and the next part of their gameplay, if they actually deliver on it, it and continuously, it, it'll be the, the 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 marking point will be the next expansion.
0: That and um, honestly, I think right now I have I have to give this a date that it has to really prove itself by. It's by mid February when Evolve gets released. That is when this game has to absolutely prove itself by because. Right now, they don't have anything else they have to argue with. Battlefield Hardline slipped out, so they don't have to worry about that taking over the console space. They still have to fight with Call of Duty. And the new Call of Duty, oddly enough, I've never been a COD fan. The new one looks like it could be potentially kind of of fun. Call of Duty Titanfall? Yeah. But you know what, though? They're doing enough sci-fi elements that it's really well done because it's a new developer, and if they do something really interesting and really well with it, it could pull players away. And... Ultimately, they have to make sure that they, their content is solid when that releases and when Evolve releases.
1: I don't know if Call of Duty will really pull a whole lot of people. That'll away pull the just, Madden.
0: That'll pull the Madden players and the X Bros and all the other players out. Like, they're, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with enjoying playing Call of Duty, but still, ultimately, the the the,
1: the that is the still the call, king of
0: multiplayer right
1: now. The, the thing that Call of Duty would have to do to pull people away from other things that they're actually playing. To, uh, to, like, the Call of Duty franchises to, like, completely revamp Call of Duty and make it more than just Call of Duty, right. really.
0: So, I mean, like, so right now, like I said, Bungie and Activision definitely have a lot on their plate. Uh, I'd like to see two other really tiny changes happen between, for especially for early content for new players that get this game at Christmas time. Um, all of your gear that when you break down to dismantle weapons...
1: Like you have to like tell people what they do. Dude, it yeah, does. You can't
0: you can't be like, you have gun parts and you have this spin metal and all this stuff. They're, don't don't allow them to see that screen or say, This content will make sense to you at level twenty for such and such I'm, and such and such. Because don't, don't nobody can, knew what that meant.
1: They took it they took it too far on the other like when when you break things break things for parts and get get uh, materials they went too far in the other direction, away from, like, treat everyone like a five-year-old. They went, here's stuff. Go figure out what it does.
0: Well, I mean, that's and the sad thing thing. was like, um, we everybody found out this past weekend, if you had strange coins from public missions, and here's the fucked up thing. I've been in six public events in this game. I have gotten one strange coin. And I'm sitting there staring. I was like, what does this do? And all of a sudden, I saw on the online on N4G.com, one of the trending articles was, was, there's a special vendor open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and they only take basically these strange coins and some other odd currencies that show up in the game. And it's a fair amount of stuff, but still, the stri- the public events are don't happen too common. Nobody seems to know the pattern yet, uh, or even where they happen. Yeah. So, but nobody knows what this stuff is. Yeah. And, um, I,
1: I think yeah, the, the way the way that it's happening is like. They, they saw the grand trend of, of holding everyone's hand and treating everyone like a five-year-old, and they went, we're going to take it in the other direction and go, we're just going to give you stuff, and then you get, you have to figure it out on your own, which is fine, which I'm, ha- I'm extremely I'm, happy. I'm happy they're not hand-holding. They're, they're, they're not, yeah, they're not hand-holding. They're not coddling us, and especially with, with any of the missions. It's, the
0: level caps and everything. They're, yeah. they're doing a really good job with the balance of the game. Mm-hmm. That's no question. And, but
1: the thing is, like, there, I think they took it too far in the other direction to the point of there's too much research to be done on everything.
0: You really have to look every at everything on your own. Like if you don't pay attention to like, uh, um, what's the dude's name? The guy that you cash in your your specialty gear that you have to get unlocked. The uh, Cryptarch? The the cryptarch. If you don't realize, I didn't catch until about it, it was like level thirteen that he's leveling what you're unlocking because that never specifies. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. holy shit! He's unlocking to higher levels. And I'm oh yeah. Like, I, I I I never caught that at all.
1: But just just going through the like the meticulousness of an MMO player, you or like a, a loot grab yeah, ga- loot grab so gamer. So much. You, you there there's 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 a differentiation between the loot grabber gamer and like the the MMO player who just blo- the MMO gamer looks at every single piece of gear and does minute uh, does like actually like, they, will the them, they, they will give them time they will give new show of everything of everything and then you look at the, the the loot grabber and going okay i'll just get
0: something better right and like if you're honestly the type of player that's a console gamer that's not really into a lot of that stuff ultimately when you get your gear you'll get the numbers make sure you read the context a lot of stuff that those what? green that the uncommon items you're like you may shoot with an auto rifle half the game but if you, all of your gear is saying use a scout rifle? Use a scout rifle. It makes a huge difference yeah, you if you have that gear attached.
1: You have to look at you have to look at the details and look at the upgrades. And that's a brilliant thing that they did. They don't they don't do it on like on the pure like number stats. They do it on the upgrades,
0: which is a brilliant I like the thing. fact that they do that. And I love the fact that you can move, especially when you hit level 15, you have two classes you can choose from. Granted the downside is like when you switch your class, you got to start from the ground up. So if you choose that in this yeah. in a, a story mission or anything like that, you're going to have a really hard time if you're at level 15. I'm like, I'm going to start from scratch. Cause I, it, I I made I that, that mistake and I died a lot. And then I'm like, I, I have to switch back. I did that, but I, I also
1: spent a lot of time re-leveling it. And I'm, now my, my class that was unlocked at 15 is higher than my primary.
0: <sighs> but I got to say this, though, too. Like... I know I was saying we're going to round this out, but unfortunately, Destiny, honestly, really is worth talking about this long because there's so much little things that they did not tell us. Yeah. Um, there's My last two gripes with this game are small, um, but I really hope they address these as well in future up- updates, is the waypoint system. Holy fuck. I should not have to hit a fucking key to bring up my ghost and see where I need to go, but the moment I close it, that goes away. Because um, when you're on a bike and you're twisting through caverns, because every yeah. level is twists and turns for bike for your bike paths, and I, all of a sudden, like it keeps shifting. But like, yeah, you know, where I have you're to, I have going to, going.
1: I have to, I have to contradict this a little bit because I, I actually like the waypoint system because as you move through the map on your path, the waypoint changes it, it, to direct you to that it, next it, point. You don't have to keep on constantly bringing up your Go Seal. Okay, I need to get over there. How do I get over there?
0: Fucking figure it out for yourself. I, I I do I do understand that, but like that is a handholdy thing for me. Like I I do like I you have a you have a radar. Just fucking put it on my fucking radar. Uh, it doesn't have to be show up on screen as an icon for me. That's fine. But it like- is
1: on the radar. If you're in a mission. And you have a way waypoint. Oh yeah, yeah it does the radar. You, you do get the little the, it, that little which, point. And that's that's the that's the argument against it that. It's like that's fair. You have you have the point on on the radar to direct you where to go to, and it, it's it's actually pretty accurate.
0: It, it is my 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 other shows too. I I hate having to pull that up to some of the fucking vehicle as well, though.
1: I don't mind it. It's 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 a minor inconvenience. It's a minor one. inconvenience. It's and so I understand.
0: But I will tell you this though. My final gripe with the game. I no, I, under, I understand. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I understand. I understand your
1: bri- your gripe with that, but I I, I want to expand on it. It's like, I don't like that you have to hold the button for it. Mm. I don't like that. To br- oh, you to know, bring up- you
0: can you can just click it and then click back down.
1: I've never run into that. I've always had to hold it and wait for that circle to fill.
0: Oh, oh yeah, to accept. Yeah, to accept, to accept for,
1: for, for the for the input oh, to accept.
0: That's such a waste of time.
1: It's, it's I just want the
0: I want to push the button and then Go on my way. It's like I don't when you mind. have to dismantle anything when you because you do all that stuff so often. I don't want to have to wait four or five seconds yeah. for that to accept. I
1: I I don't mind it for dismantling. Well, because if I, you
0: make a mistake, you're like, oh shit! I didn't want to do yeah. this. That's a great thing, but like to send like, a vehicle some to end of, a mission, any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, to go on. to
1: orbit, I don't want to sit there and wait for like three seconds and be like, it's,
0: it's it's silly. It's a waste of time. Yeah, and, I, yes, it's, visually aesthetically, it does look nice, but. It, it's it, it's a taking time away from players, especially when you do a lot of do this mission, go to the tower, go it's through not, stuff, go back.
1: Yeah, it's not even, it's not even like wasting time. It's uh, it, it's the interruption. It's the 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 flow interruption. The yeah.
0: only the only time I see it work okay is if you're in a strike strike team. I can see that making sense because if you go to or, orbit in a strike team, it's something else they didn't tell us in the game. If you're in a, if you are not the strike team leader, you go to orbit. Outside of your players, kind of like, okay, I'll go to orbit and I'll wait for you guys. Yeah. Guess what? You okay. just left the strike yeah, you team. Left the strike team. But I mean, that, it's a little weird things like that. My final thing is too. I'm going to tell all these players now. If you decide to start that game up, you're like, I'm getting glimmer, which is your currency in the game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save up to buy a fucking ship. And you're not at level 15 yet. Don't buy a fucking ship. Because, dear God, let me tell you how pissed off I was when I took all of my in-game currency and I was like, I bought a ship, and then I did a story mission. I'm like, no, you get a new ship, and I'm like. You gotta be fucking kidding me!
1: Don't don't worry about that because <laughs> glimmer. I know comes, glimmer. G- glimmer ups. comes really fucking easy. After fact. and after after fifteen, you don't really spend glimmer on anything. Yeah, but I'm I'm hoping that changes. That's that's one of my my one of my problems is like you keep getting what's the, like the Diablo.
0: Diablo is the same way. It's like why do you go to the shops? Because the best drops that you get are from enemies and yeah. random uh, uncommons and rares. Mm-hmm. And-
1: it's like there there's this money that that doesn't really mean anything anymore. Um, but I'm hoping that changes, and I'm like I'm expecting it to change, and it's it's a very high expectation with the game, and I hope the game delivers. And I have a a couple couple problems with the game, and it's just the problem with Bungie, really. Yeah, it's it's the one of the problems with Bungie is that it's floaty. It, the game is floaty. It is. It, it, no, what, no, what it reminds me of more than Halo.
0: It reminds me of Unreal Tournament.
1: Yeah, it's it's the, it's that like the whole floaty combat system where it's like. It
0: it doesn't feel very tight. It doesn't. It feels like Unreal Two K Four, where like you you're just floating through an atmosphere constantly over and over and over.
1: And it, it's yeah, it, it's it gets gets to be a problem. You get you get to notice it if you're you're a, a Battlefield fan, if you're a Call of Duty fan, if you're a Tribes fan or something. Actually, like Actually, even that. Borderlands, obviously. If enough. you're a Borderlands fan, like. That it's it's like the whole floatiness of like the the Unreal, the Halo series, where it's like it it doesn't feel tight, but it still feels good. It's just something with that floatiness that, yeah. that bugs me. And that's one of my problems with the game.
0: But yeah. But ultimately though, like me and Tim can both agree though, if you do like FPSs and you do enjoy MMOs, and you don't have to be a hardcore lover of MMOs, yeah. Destiny is still yeah, worth your you... 60 bucks. But I will tell you this, if you're still a little intro, only buy the game as itself don't spend 90 bucks if you're unsure about it if you're on the fence a little bit just buy the normal game choose it from that and if not then buy the season pass don't don't look at the digital guardian edition it's not worth spending 90 dollars for the game yet it's not until we know what they're going to do to support this I'll, i'll put this
1: out there and i put i've been putting this out there if it's it's an mmo in and of itself really just if you like mmos and you like fps's by destiny because it it is an FPS MMO. It it is does such a better job than um, what the fuck is that other one? the the sci fi one. God, we we said it on the chaotic neutral podcast. We we made references to it, but it it it's an MMO for those who want to get out of the sword and sorcery fantasy MMO and into like. A first person, sh- a Halo MMO, a Borderlands MMO. Get get into Destiny if you really love that genre. It, it's well worth your time if you're an MMO fan in in like any regard.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. And like I said, you know, it, the best way to I, we can wrap this up kind of is. If you're not, there's a lot of other games out there, especially that are coming this season. That you can play, especially after the new year, if this isn't your your speed. But I will say, give it a shot. Put some time into it. Yeah. See what you or, think,
1: or find a friend who has it, and right? Play and play with that, or, or like see if you can like run run on their
0: system. It's just it's worth your time if you if you have the ability to put the time into yeah. it. Uh, but if you're a casual gamer. Destiny is not the game for you, unfortunately. It kind
1: of, it kind of is. You can be <sighs> casual. You can be a casual gamer into it, but the problem is, you have to be a, you have to be a fan of. I, I, I will always make the stipulation with Destiny that you have to be a fan of the MMOs. You can be casual in an M, in an MMO, and you can do your you little can. things, and you can do. I, take I, it, I agree. You can take it slow. But you still have to be a fan of being an MMO. If you're not a
0: fan of of MMOs, you're gonna find concepts like grinding, grinding your levels, farming your gear to be incredibly tedious. And I if you want a good story, there's a lot of good games coming out this holiday season that are very story driven, that are maybe more worth your your, your money.
1: There and there are a lot of games that have come out.
0: Yeah, and um, I mean, like I said, it doesn't matter where you look right now. I mean, like it seems like honestly is a lot of us were really kind of leery with all the delays that were happening this holiday season for gaming. Thankfully, it looks like the games that still stuck around, there's going to be pretty much something for everybody to play. So really just the best suggestion we can make as gamers to everybody listening is do your homework, know what you're buying. Don't look at the marketing campaigns. Don't look at reviews. Just really do your research, do your homework on your games that you want to play. Um, and i will definitely say you will find something there's shadows of mordor coming there is dragon a uh, dragon age 3 which will have a great multiplayer system Drag,
1: dragon age 3 will compete with my time and destiny yeah. and, and the, the multiplayer in dragon age 3 will compete with my time and destiny because it sounds like they're going to do a, a mass effect style. mass effect
0: 3 multiplayer where it's going to be you're grinding for your gear to to, to level your character and, yeah, it, and you're going
1: you're going to you're going to PvE with your friends against...
0: It's going to be that awesome, very horde mode, and they said it's going to be just as difficult as Mass Effect 3 was. So that, that has a really high chance of being a great game. Again, we don't know a ton about Shadows of the but that looks like it's turning out to be a beautiful game. You have Assassin's Creed Unity and Rogue. There's the new Call of Duty Advanced Warfighter coming out, or Advanced Warfare, sorry. I don't know, whatever. I, I forget what the fuck it's
1: Call, called. Call of Duty Titanfall. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> the new You have the new COD, though. So. The new COD piece is coming um, out. And if, and if you're on Wii, you've got four really good games coming your way too. You have Hyrule Warriors abandoned two. You've got Captain Toad which everybody says is fucking fantastic. It's a great puzzle game and then you have Smash Brothers. So no matter where you look this holiday season you have a great stuff and if you have nothing there then all you have to do is wait until February where all these games that were coming out this season got pushed. 2015 year of games. Actually (laughs) 2015 looks like it could be pretty intense. So well, everybody, thanks again so much for listening. Sorry we rambled so much for games, but honestly, Destiny was seriously worth the time. We hope you enjoyed the and, content. And gaming in, in
1: general. Is in, exactly. Worth it's worth the time discussing what what's happened in the past week.
0: Yeah, and there's been a lot. And there really has been a lot. And it's especially, and we're just at the crux of it right now. So, like, as we enter the holiday season, this is the kind of time you want to listen to this stuff to find out where you're putting your money and making sure you're making good purchases. So, don't forget, Tokyo Game Shows this week. Take a look at the content. There's going to be a lot. I guarantee Sony's going to start releasing some more bombshells. We'll finally find out what the first-party studios are doing. For everything else, you can always go to CaffeineCrew.com, check out the articles, find out what's going on with us, the content that we're putting out there. We try to get as much of this information out between Facebook, Twitter, or the page. Yeah.
1: Listen to our podcast. Listen to all of our podcasts.
0: Yes, and an update from episode 18 from the Chaotic Neutral podcast. The Batmobile was not stolen. It was actually a hoax. Um, Oh, come on. Really? Here's the best part about it, too. To wrap up this show completely, it was a war between uh, Zack Snyder and J.J. Abrams. And the photos of it, it the people stealing (laughs) the Batmobile, they have the Gotham City Police Department arresting stormtroopers coming out of the Batmobile. Nice. So, one of the best things I've seen in a really long time.
1: That's that's a good thing. um,
0: If you go to comicbookmovie.com, it's one of the head photos that you'll see of a stormtrooper getting arrested.
1: That's hilarious. So,
0: really cool. So, yes, the Motor City did not actually steal a Batmobile. I wouldn't put it past the Motor City. <laughs> I would not either. Uh, but, yeah. So, anyway, though, like, uh, we have got, me and Tim have got more com- content coming from J1Con through the course of the week. Um, the uh, article, an uh, interview with DJ Cutman already up. Please check that out. Steampunk Unlimited coming up in a few weeks. Uh, the Walk uh, walk to Stand About Parkinson's for Tim is coming up in, like, three weeks' time. Yeah. We'll have content in there for how to how to help donate to the cause. Yeah. Extra, Extra Life. Life. Extra Life is in a month. That's And that's a huge thing for us. That means so much. But both of these charities both mean yeah. the equal amount. So please, please, please share that with your friends. Donate wherever you can. You don't even have to donate to our members or our team. Just donate to Extra
1: Life. Donate. Get the word out. Just spread the word. I, I know the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge has taken up a lot of people's attention. But there there are other things out there that, that need... Need, need attention to, please just please spread the word.
0: Yeah. And like, it doesn't matter if it's five bucks or 15 bucks or a hundred bucks
1: or 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 just a share
0: or, yeah, or just a share. All you have to do is do that. You're helping a lot of great charitable donations do everything they can. Don't forget to caffeine crew is going to be at Steampunk Unlimited in Strasburg Railroad in the end of the month, which is, I think, the 25th, 26th, 27th. Memory we serves correctly um just if you look at our stuff i think my dates are maybe a little bit mixed up but it's the final Uh, weekend you can can look
1: on our google calendar yep i think it should be up there
0: so you'll you'll see cat there myself Kevil, uh siobhan and um brian cotter who is one of our other people so that helps doing some of our work so please definitely check that out but again thank you very much for listening make sure you're listening to us you're listening to the cat neutral podcast you're heading to the site and reading the articles checking out the content from, especially we have three, three or four new writers now. Um, but yeah, it, we really appreciate everything you guys can do. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook at the caffeine um, on
1: YouTube, I host the, the podcast on YouTube as well. Uh, caffeine crew.
0: Yep. On YouTube. Um, we're going to be doing some streams too for extra life. Yeah. So. We're going to,
1: we're going to try to do streams on Twitch and, and YouTube. Uh, both, both are caffeine crew. So,
0: yep. Uh, and then we have other content out there, too, like Tumblr, FX Cam. Um, I think there's more out there. Pinterest. We have a lot. We're pretty much stretched across everything now. And, as again, we end up every show, too, with two special thanks every week to DJ Cutman for our theme music, How Attractive from the Wii U Grooves. Again, listen to that interview. Help support him. Help support Game Chops. And, again, help thanks. Just help
1: support the whole gaming industry because because buying that helps support the whole gaming industry. It
0: really does. And I always... Again, thanks to my co-host, Tim, for all his work on editing these podcasts and getting them out to everybody. Special
1: thanks for Rob for taking over my job for next week, for for Friday's recording.
0: Yep. All right, guys. Well, again, I'm Rob. I'm Lynch. And this was another episode of the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods. It turned into a whole episode. It did.
1: Peace. Soil and green is people.
0: Oh, yummy
1: people.